welcome to the Quarter to Three movie podcast for Avengers Infinity War. My name is Tom Chick, and I am here with Christian Moronsky. Oh, we're using our made-up names. I'm Dingus then. And with uh, Avengers Infinity War tagline, Kelly Wand. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Infinity's the running time! Ah. <laughs> Kelly Wand, is there more where that came from? I haven't felt this satisfied since Matrix Reloaded. <laughs> Whoa! Wait a minute! Ooh, Give me another one. I don't want to end on that note. You're tipping your infinity hand. Finally, a Marvel movie with CG MacGuffins. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like you're on a hot streak. You want to quit while you're ahead? Yeah. All right, good. <laughs> the rest are in the opposite somewhere or other. Dingus, don't ruin Infinity War, okay? Don't oh, ruin hey. anything. Just give the listeners the basics. Just the basics. Right. Yeah, that job's taken, Dingus. <laughs> this week we saw Avengers... In colon, Infinity War. <laughs> Don't <laughs> say it like that. A 2018 American action adventure science fiction fantasy superhero Marvel comics franchise sequel movie, the 19th movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe about smelling the glove. It was directed by Anthony Russo and Joe Russo and written by Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely based on comics by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby with character writing credits to about 10 other people that you guys can go look up yourselves. <laughs> I'll take this uh-huh. character. <laughs> Kelly one, I'll do multi- uh, multiplicity, man. <laughs> I'll take Matt. Matter eater lad. Okay, and uh, also yeah, I'll take uh, one Wonder punch Woman. boy. All right, good. Uh, let's go do a big script then. Here we go. Break. Right. <laughs> uh, so uh, it stars everyone and Sean Gunn as onset rocket. Uh, Avengers: Infinity War is rated PG thirteen hmm. for intense sequences of sci-fi violence and action throughout language mm-hmm. and some crude references. Kelly one, is there anything missing from uh, those warnings? I don't get why those second two are different from each other, but also uh, <laughs> parents should not be admitted to this movie <laughs> or, <laughs> or children, only grandparents. Wait a minute. Unless what? they have ID and then they can't come in. Yeah. Grandparents are parents. You know that. You know that's oh, how that works, right? I know. That's what's weird about the rule. But mm-hmm. uh, Infinity- arbitrary. I see what you're doing. It's a social comment. Very well. Infinity War uh, broke the record. It's the biggest uh, opening weekend. It beat Force Awakens, which previously held that uh, that um, that distinction. Uh, Force Awakens was a 248 million. Uh, as of its opening weekend, the Sunday night, this might adjust a little bit, but it's at least $250 million for uh, Force, for uh, Infinity Wars opening weekend. And now, the only non, non-Disney movie in the top ten is Jurassic World. Let's see what we can do about getting that out of there. Let's make it all Disney top ten. Let's uh, Disney work on that. There was a trailer for Jurassic, the new Jurassic World. And I don't I need to hear to about it. I don't want to hear anything. <laughs> what? You don't. But no. my point is, if if you want to see every single story beat in that movie, watch that trailer. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, that's – yeah, I know better than that. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, see, that's the thing. I watch the trailer because I don't really care, and I'll just – it'll turn me against the movie anyway, so it's on them. That's how I do it. 
Because what am I going to care about? What am well, I going to see? Know, what you're going to care about, I mean, as we've said before, one of the saving graces for bad movies is when you go in, don't know anything about them, and are, are surprised by certain elements that would have otherwise otherwise been ruined in the trailer. So you're only bad. hurting yourself, Kelly Wand. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, let's see. On Metacritic, Infinity Wars at 68. That's the average rating from various reviews. Uh, one off. On Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> I know. It's so close to 67. So close. Yeah, that one uh, guy. On Rotten, now. on Rotten Tomatoes, 84% of the reviews are positive. And, of course, CinemaScore. I mean, I've seen well. a little. Uh, I don't know. I'm surprised. On CinemaScore, it's an A, which is what they all get pretty much. Uh, same as Age yeah. of Ultron. Uh, all right. So, Kelly Wand, it is now time for you to give us the Avengers – in Phenopsis Ropsis. Close enough. <laughs> It'll do. You know, it's long enough. Why uh, nitpick? That's the word I'm looking for. Thank you. That bodes well. Avenger, what'd you say? Wopsis Nopsis? Close enough. All right, close enough. The movie. While some Avengers music's all some classic clips of Ant-Man working at 31 Flavors, John Travolta smoking a pipe in The Punisher, Josh Brolin as Jonah Hex trying to brush his teeth through the hole in his cheek, uh, Scarlett Johansson spreading her arms and diving off a building from Ghost in the Shell, and Thor lighting his farts on a billboard for Justice League all gradually merge into 70s comic book ad pages of Spider-Man shilling Twinkies made out of the Marvel logo, which CGs into the Disney logo, and then into a dollar sign that melts into Ghost Rider's skull, and then a trademark symbol, which bursts into burning flames. My nerd crowd explodes into excited cheers. The projectionist is all, sorry, film broke, hang on. When the action resumes, we're on board Thor's unnamed spaceship, and Thanos Thanos has killed everybody but Thor and Loki and Iron Man, who for some reason is black and bearded and British, like his Tropic Thunder character. Thanos is all, okay, uh, I guess Thor Ragnarok ended with me killing everyone on this ship. Uh, I thought it was Goldblum applauding himself. I mean, where's the third infinite CG stone? I really want the whole set. That way I can destroy half the universe with a snap of my fingers, or a quarter of the universe with uh, half a snap. See, look, I already got the blue one here from uh, the Easter egg at the end of uh, an episode of Jessica Jones, and uh, this one from Sicario. I lean over to Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man, sitting beside me and go, (laughs) he has time. I'm all... Wait, I thought the X-Men killed Thanos in that X-Men one where nothing happened. Ed Norton's Hulk saw. No, that was Apocalypse. Same <laughs> attack, but blue. <laughs> Ed Norton. Oh. Wait a minute. <laughs> Gal Gadot's all. It's fun, but it's fun. I killed this Lois Lane spear. <laughs> <laughs> Miles Teller and Ian Griffin, both looking depressed, are both all dark seed. (laughs) Kiernan rolls his eyes and asks us to keep it down. Back in the movie. (laughs) All right, Loki, I'm going to use this uh, power drill on Thor's head for a couple seconds of screen time if you don't uh, cough up the third CG. Go ahead. 
After a few minutes of the drill spinning and Thor looking bored, Loki's all, okay, this is taking forever. Here. He makes hand gestures till someone pokes an animator who wakes up groaning and clicks a mouse button. Some yellow CG appears. Thanos is all, ah, the color of the snows on my home world, and puts it in his knuckle fist hole that's the same triangular shape and has the words yellow one and an arrow pointing at it. <laughs> Loki's all, by the way, I uh, pledge my loyalty to you. Infinity stones may be different colors, but the loyalty of Loki is widely considered the most valuable thing in the universe. Thor is all, Ha ha, you're in big trouble now, Thanos. I know two things you don't know. One is that sword that Loki's holding behind his back. <laughs> Loki's all, uh, Thanos reaches out and tickles Loki's neck. Loki loses interest. Thor is all, no! The character who always ruins me life! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Possibly dead yet again after a noble sacrifice. Just like in Dark World, no. By the way, the second thing sneaking up on you is Hulk. Hulk creeping up on Thanos from behind, sighs with irritation at Thor, then fist fights with Thanos for ten minutes. <laughs> Stanley looks over at me tearfully and goes, Purple and green CG fist fighting. You've taken something idiotic that I underpaid some stupid hippies to draw for peanuts decades ago and made it louder and more expensive. He falls asleep and so does Hulk. Thor makes some rainbow CG come out of his hand that sends sleeping Ruffalo hurtling off into space. (laughs) Thor's all... Yeah, there. Wait till you see how useful Hulk is later against you, Thanos. Gotcha! Thanos tricks him by leaving, and the ship crashing into some CG and blowing up. Mark Ruffalo wakes up in a hole. (laughs) No! Thanos is coming! (laughs) Who? Or is it Thanos, Dingus? I don't know. Kiernan? Uh, or the anus? Is that it? The anus is coming. No, I'll just stick with Thanos for now. Okay, Joss? Wait, you guys aren't Joss. <laughs> How much have I missed? Or are you? I mean, no, Thanos. Wee! Some words are all evopsis, infinopsis, warpsis. The music's all. <laughs> I got some new coffee. In a park, Iron Man walks around with Gwyneth Paltrow while passersby avoid them. (laughs) They don't have time for extras in this movie. It's too much fighting. He's all, ah, something witty. Hey, we should have a kid. That's what this franchise really needs. Kieran will be thrilled. I should also go back to alcoholism. Remember when I was fun? Also, my character should. Gwyneth Saul. If you wanted kids, you wouldn't have that silver triangle glued to your chest. I ain't fucking that again. Besides, I hate you being Iron Man. Iron Man sucks. Boo. If you loved me, you wouldn't save people and fly around being awesome. I also hate witty comments, by the way. We're perfect for each other. A portal opens and Doctor Strange and Wong appear. They grab (laughs) 
trying to have him back by the next movie. As they drag him through the portal, he's all, I hate magic also. And Doctor Strange's mansion, Ruffalo's all, don't worry, I'm back. The wimpy man who hates being the Hulk. I mean, no, Thanos. He's coming for us. Gee, uh, jewelry. Guys, seriously, he's an even better fighter than Loki. Doctor Strange is all, ah, Infinity G-Stones, yes. The brain-shaped one is mine. The pink one's carbs. The green one's jealousy. The square one's geometry or Sagittarius. Downey's all, no shit, Sherlock. Sorry, what's your job again? I douche your reality bag, Ted. I mean, Ruffalo's all. I guess we should call Captain America. His shield would be great against godlike aliens. <laughs> Downey's all, uh, that's not so easy. I see someone's missed a few Marvel movies. <laughs> <laughs> he and I broke up. <sighs> yeah. Very intense issues. Was in another movie with war in the title. Ugh. You guys fighting to a tie? That sounds fun to watch. What about? Um, something about Sokovia? It's a chord? Um, Tom and Dingus argued about it exhaustively in writing. Uh, grown men. Paperwork. You in? Suddenly, nothing happens, so they go out on the sidewalk. A spaceship. <laughs> this is longer than the movie a spaceship in the sky farts at earth Doctor Strange snaps his fingers and gestures till some orange CG shields appear to protect his wrists (laughs) his go to spell total countermeasure for Thanos Thanos walks up and goes, give me your CG thing. <laughs> Thanos' white CG friend, you've never seen before, with a Parker face, walks up and goes, Oh no! I think my power's this! <laughs> he makes hand gestures till a nearby mailbox slot closes. <laughs> So many characters, so many people, so much infinity. Inside a school bus on a bridge, Spider-Man sees the spaceship. His fighting senses and eyes. Stan Lee, who's left doing Marvel movie cameos to drive school buses on bridges, is all, what's the matter, kid? (laughs) What's the matter? Ain't you kids ever seen CG in a Marvel movie before? Spider-Man whines at his comically obese friend. Hey, fatty, distract everybody for a few seconds so I can turn into Spider-Man by flying out that window. Uh, I know the world's ending, but my secret identity, uh, would it help? uh, Just pretend so amazing this one. (laughs) The Asian guy's all, guys, look, on this side, a window without a spaceship visible through it. The kids all ooh and ah as Peter trips over them and staggers out a window, farting web fluid in their faces and semen. I guess Spider-Man doesn't do anything for a bit. Meanwhile, back on second fight with Thanos Street, 
Ruffalo's all, hey guys, uh, I can't turn into the Hulk for the rest of the movie. Sorry. Uh, just can't get angry about Thanos killing millions. I see his point. Yeah. <laughs> How am I going to get angry over that? Remember in Avengers when I said I'm always angry? That line made sense. <laughs> New sheriff in town. <laughs> Spider-Man's all, don't worry, I can use my uh, adhesive powers uh, against Thanos. I'm Spider-Man, by the way. I'm Doctor Strange. <laughs> oh, we're using our names for penises? Uh, okay, I'm Peter. The Flash is all, what's brunch? <laughs> I'm still <laughs> Doctor Strange is all. <laughs> so many characters. Don't worry, I can use my magic. I'm the most powerful Marvel character. And my Asian Wong here means well. Hey, where's Thanos? Scarlett Johansson walks up and goes, yeah, he took your gem while you were making hand gestures. Um, yeah. <laughs> Iron Man and Spider-Man tricked him, though, by getting stuck on his ship before it left. What about Renner and Rudd? Uh, and eventually Lily and Nightcrawler? Uh, didn't we just set up Rudd only a year ago? She's all, yeah. Hawkeye and Ant-Man's characters suddenly have families, so she shrugs. Guess the families told them to stop making these. Mine didn't, and this is my only scene. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Scotland, Vision and Scarlet Witch, who have zero interest in helping out in the big space battle their friends have been fighting on the news all day long, spend the evening engaged in their favorite activity, walking around deserted Glasgow streets after all the shops have closed and talking about themselves. Oh, Wanda. I don't know which is more exciting, our relevance to the Marvel Universe or our love story. What are our powers again? Um, you can walk through walls like Kitty Pride, the least popular X-Man, and uh, I can shoot CG out of my fingers like everybody but Captain America. <laughs> Suddenly Thanos shows up and goes... Give me that stupid jewel in your head. Marlene's all. These aren't jewels. They're my eyes. Vision, quick. Speaking of which, vision, quick. Kill him by changing your density. Vision's eyes cross. He's all. Lock her up. Mexico will pay for it. Facebook is good. I can see what my friends are doing. The Grey has my favorite movie ending. Vision, no. I meant your physical dents. Captain <laughs> Don't worry, I'm here. Ruffalo called me and told me to drive my motorcycle to Scotland. Uh, took a long time for me to pick out that uh, phone number avatar, by the way. Uh, I might have misspelled Rogers. He blinks and looks around. But where'd Thanos go? Martha's all. He left while you were talking. Uh, said he'd just swing by Wakanda later and grab Vision's eyebrow bling then. Words all space. The Guardians drive around in space doing nothing. They all take turns silently mouthing lyrics of whatever song Pratt's playing. Usually Louie. <laughs> Teenage group plays Space Invaders, rolls his eyes and goes, I'm Groot, man! <laughs> the farmer's leg is wooden! Rocket Raccoon's all, no, the pig's is wooden. The farmer's leg is normal. Drax abruptly stops laughing and starts crying. Chris Pratt's all, <clears throat> I have a mustache in this. 
<laughs> Man, I sure am looking forward to sharing scenes with Downey, seeing which of our characters is wittier. Woof. That would be a dumb thing to overlook putting in this movie. <laughs> the Asian bug girl crosses her eyes and 10A and boobs and goes, I sense a statistically very unlikely story be happening. They're with... <laughs> Their ship's windshield crashes into Thor, but somehow doesn't break. Rocket Raccoon's all, ew, kill it! They bring <laughs> Thor forward and stare at him. Gamora's all, Ugh. his muscles taste like fiberglass and space-age polymers. Pratt's all, hey, stop tasting muscles. I still have a mustache. <laughs> Thor wakes up, stares back at them, screams, sighs with relief, and goes, oh, thank Christ, for a second I was worried you were the Ghostbusters. <laughs> the chick is like an aquarium. <laughs> uh, he's all right. Well, that was Pratt's all. Uh, no, I only do quality work. <clears throat> I was in Passengers. Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, her character fell in love with me because I woke her up because I got bored. Uh, uh. The Asian girl's all, I sense Chris Pratt. Ah, ha, ha, ha. You weren't even this fat on Parks and Rec. <laughs> <laughs> Rocket Raccoon hands Thor an eye and goes, here, I just happen to have that at my butt. Uh, it's only if it's human in uh, Norse god eye sockets. I stole it after a poker game from a sleeping old man. Talk about a light sleeper. Use my butt also to steal, by the way. Real light sleeper. Thor's all, something, something, Thanos. Gamora <laughs> turns to Pratt and goes, Thanos is my dad, remember? Or grandpa? Long story. And that blue girl's my sister. That's why all three of us look so much alike, same color. <laughs> Pratt, I need you to promise me you'll kill me later. <laughs> Pratt's all, <sighs> why me? Drax doesn't even like you. Besides, you know how bad I am at killing and honoring promises and being smart? Remember Guardians 2? I almost destroyed the universe. But luckily, my dad said something dumb. <laughs> she makes her usual expression. <sighs> Fine, I'll kill you. But unlike our sex, it won't be quick. Thor stress tests his new eye by sobbing. Oh, I lost me father, me mother, me evil brother, Natalie Portman, Asgard, whoever played Sith in me first movie, Ghostbusters 2 and me hammer. <laughs> Rocket Raccoon's all, okay, I'll take Thor to a neutron star to make a new carpentry implement. Uh, Thanos is kind of wood, I guess. Gamora's all, I'll somehow find Thanos' ship and get captured. <laughs> Pratt's all, uh, the rest of us will uh, drive somewhere. Dingus, check your tire pressure. Break. The bug girl twists her ears like dials, sticks her tongue out, and goes, I'm sensing that Iron Man and Spider-Man are squaring off against uh, Thanos' wrinkly uh, white CG sidekick in a different spaceship. Meanwhile, on a different spaceship, Thanos' sidekick is all, you think you can take on someone who has powers like this? He makes some CG move closer. I mean, slower. I mean, blind. Ring, ring. Iron Man's all, hang on, I gotta take this. Tony, you promised me no more spaceships. What will I tell our baby? Speaking of which, if it's a girl, I think we should name her Connor. 
Also, uh, just a, <laughs> might turn green when she gets angry. Remember that weekend you were away doing Sherlock reshoots? Uh, not enough of them, apparently. Hey, Mr. Stark, uh, you ever see the ending of the Alien Resurrection? (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Man somehow makes a hole in a nearby hull that's quiet, that sucks out only Thanos' sidekick and nothing else. (laughs) The sidekick's all... Wait, what? I'm telekinetic. So that's a uh, pretty easy count measure for. Uh, let's, come on, three hours? No, what? I'm the Thanos. Some PA. Some PA's costumed as Disney characters escort him off set. Iron Man somehow seals the hull breach by blowing it up with CG from his hand. Then turns to Spider-Man and goes. Oh, we're the best combination of iron and spiders since Wild Wild. <laughs> Your character's seen that in Point Break, but not aliens. While Downey tries to think of a witty retort, Gamora tricks Thanos by stabbing him, but he tricks her back by revealing that they're in a torture chamber and Gamora's blue Jumanji sister is hooked up to a CG pull-aparter. Thanos is all, all right, Thor, tell me uh, where the taupe in Fantasy G-Stone is or I'll uh, hurt your sibling for a couple seconds. I mean, uh, uh, all right, Gamora, tell me where the off-white in Fantasy G-Stone is or I'll hurt your sibling for a couple seconds. This scene. He makes stuff hurt Jumanji off-screen for a couple seconds. Jumanji's all, oh, my CG, ugh. Gamora, don't. I mean, do. I how'd I get on the ship again? This is why I didn't. I don't understand. Gamora's all. This is taking forever. I'll just tell you. It's on planet Yellow Cliff. I better go with you to make sure nothing dumb happens. <laughs> Twenty minutes of screen time watching Thanos's ship park later. <laughs> I am the CG ghost of the Yellow Cliff Infinity CG Stone Angel character. To get the stone, you must throw a green character over the cliff. That is our only ancient custom. Gamora laughs and goes, well, I guess we're done here. It's like the little girl told Frankenstein. There's just nothing else around here to throw into the river. <sighs> hey, don't yawn, Thanos. I think as Marvel villains go, Galactus is also purple. Affleck's Daredevil walks up and goes, it's not himself he's yawning at. Thanos throws Gabor over the cliff, which her agile character has no answer for. Crouched behind a nearby rock, Spidey's all, gosh, Mr. Stark, maybe we should intervene? Um, we're here. Why not... Why? Besides, how long can this war last? Meanwhile, a word's all different space. (laughs) Oh, mighty Dinklage. Legends of you using neutron stars to make tools designed to cut down trees was sung occasionally in Asgard after we ran out of songs that were catchy that we enjoyed. 
singing, Forging unto me something Thanos-sized. <laughs> hopefully Kate Blanchett can't crush in a hand. <laughs> CG Dinklage is all, uh... Is this my only line? <laughs> Fucking destiny. I mean, have to start the forge. I forgot how to plug it in. But how can you? Although you got here somehow, you clearly can't fly. Uh-huh. <laughs> Leave that to me. Thor makes Dinklage and us watch as he flies at some giant CG for 20 minutes and kicks it till it sputters and makes chewing sounds as of gears grinding. <laughs> Neutron star in space. Beside me, Dinkus stands up, pumps his fist, and yells, Noise! Good lord. <laughs> really? There's always one left. Kiernan leans over to me and whispers, He's my Aunt May. <laughs> <laughs> see I needed to do that eventually the CG vomits out a smaller silver piece of CG that I guess is vaguely axe shaped Thor grins swings it around a bit and goes since I'm the god of storms I shall call you storm breaker (laughs) a bit at me expense but yeah uh I like it. Stormbreaker. Rawr. <laughs> well, Thanos isn't a storm, but... Ah. Or if you're happy, sharp as you look. Natalie Portman's Annihilation. <laughs> that disloyal bitch shall be our first victim. Now to Earth and more inconclusive battles against Thanos. <laughs> he raises the axe over his head, kneels, and waits. <laughs> Dinklage is all... Uh, you can't can't fly with it. It's just an axe. Also, its edge is very dull, so try not to cut things with it. It's made out of a star. Neutrons. Meanwhile, on a tenth spaceship, Doctor Strange hovers cross-legged, twitching and farting at hyperspeed. I lean over to Affleck's Daredevil and whisper, That's the speed I wish I'd watched the movie Doctor Strange at. He's all, Justice League, I lost fights to Aquaman, Superman, and an argument with Wonder Woman. By the way, guess what Superman's mom's name is? That's <laughs> all he has left to hang on. Doctor Strange farts awake and goes, okay, I've just analyzed all 14 million and one outcomes for how this movie ends. Captain America's all, and in how many of those is the ending good? Uh, one. And I don't think it's the one they went with. <laughs> Downey's all cool. Um, I just called Thanos and told him to meet us on planet Bl- Brown Rubble uh, for a penultimate fight. Uh, I guess that's where the uh, brown CG stone's located. So. Gosh, Mr. Stark, you're even less witty in this than Thanos. I hope you're not tiring of the role. <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence in her mystique makeup walks up. She and Downey wearily shake their heads at each other. Affleck's all, ha ha! 
He's a misunderstood genius. <laughs> Ten minutes later, on planet brown rubble, Danny's all, okay, guys, looks like we somehow got him on the ropes. Now, whatever you do, don't make him close his left fist. I guess that's uh, that oven mitts how he fights. Also, um, I know this goes without saying, don't do anything dumb. <laughs> Let's get this movie over with. We're 2 and 15 now. Pratt's all, damn you, you bastard. I promised Gamora I'd kill her. Ugh. Pratt attacks the Avengers, helps Thanos pry his fist free, and brushes dust off of Thanos' chin testicles. Then he folds his arms at Thor and goes, and just because she's dead, don't think you can move in on my bitch now. Thanos is all, you guys are dumb. I'll see you in Wakanda for another one of these. He gets in his ship and spends a few minutes trying to turn it around and aim it at space. Everybody scowls at Pratt. He's all, uh, <clears throat> Guardians 3, ready? Yeah. He pops a mixtape in his Walkman and hits play. Something by Kraftwerk comes on. He dances. They all still hate him. Later in Wakanda, Black Panther's all, uh, you brought the vision here so Thanos would invade my country. Why again? <laughs> we just had a civil war here two months ago. <laughs> yeah, we had a civil war too. Although it was really just a fist fight at an airport <laughs> with 12 people called a civil war. Yes, I was there. I didn't understand. <laughs> I don't get this fight. White people, Jesus. I hope at least today joining the Avengers proves a smart decision for me for once. <laughs> Iron Man's all. <laughs> yeah, whatever, Falcon. That's my pet uh, name for you. Ha ha, Thanos had to come back to Earth again to get a stone instead of just getting it last time he was here in Act One. <laughs> Suck it. Jesus, really? Good Lord. God. Uh, hey, Parker, what movie should we watch to prepare for this thing? Uh, Gallipoli? Uh, oh, wow. Or Zulu. Uh, Stan Lee's all. By the way, I read for uh, Jonah Jameson, but they said I didn't have the right look. Gosling walks up and yeah, I feel your pain, old man. I read for Silver Surfer, but they said I was the wrong color. Whatever that means. I had a wooden horse. <laughs> Turns away scowling and calls Fox and friends. Oh, God. <laughs> Christopher Walken walks up <laughs> with a spear, <laughs> naked, covered in war paint, and goes... Wakanda, get it? Wakanda. It's a knock. <laughs> Ruffalo walks up in an Iron Man suit, banging into trees and tripping over bald, scowling black women with spears. He's all, hey guys. Sorry again, I'm still not irritable enough to uh, tune into Hulk. Stark, thank you for the suit here. Do I need to know the controls or anything? Uh, what's this button that says move left leg forward do? Uh, he looks around. Where's Thanos? He, he won the battle while you were talking. Uh, most of those words in quotes. 
buy some Wakandan CG trees. Oh, Vision, maybe we should be helping out more in the fight. <laughs> no, I've got a better idea, Wakanda. I mean, Kanda. <laughs> Kelly, Wanda. I mean, shoot CG at my head until my eyebrow gem explodes. I may not have paid much attention to what the other stones do, but even Thanos can't have an answer to time passing. That'd be like Marvel characters not really dying. It's preposterous. Ow, I wasn't done talking yet. <laughs> Ten hours later. There, Thanos, do your worst. <laughs> oh, fuck. The backwards ex machina stone. <sighs> You've done this in Scotland. Thanos is all, and now for my character fo- to fulfill his 18 movies long motivation. <clears throat> <laughs> he yawns, aims his fist at nothing, and goes, end of the movie, activate! <laughs> Bucky, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, Vision, Scarlet Witch, Black Panther, and half of Stan Lee's mustache all turn into black CG. <laughs> I gaze around sadly as on either side of me, Bailing and Costner both turn to dust. See, it affects our extended universe. Then, even more sadly, when Jaden doesn't. Oh. Jaden's all, ha ha! Iron Man 2 is disappointed. He looks at his hand eagerly. Fuck, come on! Please! Out of these, come on! <laughs> oh, fuck! I'm 58. Affleck's Daredevil walks up and goes, Don't worry, guys, I'm okay. <laughs> A Wakandan rhinoceros bots all. Wait, so we killed Thanos, or uh, what happened? I don't fucking. <laughs> Captain America's all, uh, he points up to a cliff where Thanos is emerging from a beach house to stare at nothing. Gamora's a child walks up, shrugs at us, and shits her pants. It's green. Zack Snyder stands up in front of me and goes, oh, come on! They're recycling Groot and Spock reborn as kids, and I'm the idiot. (laughs) Fuck all of you. (laughs) The Russo brothers walk up and go, what's Thanos staring at? Are there other stone colors he needs? We'll let you know sometime next year. And one brother pumps a fist and goes, Project Untitled. Uh. After some words tell me the names of the half of the animators who didn't turn to dust, Nick Fury and his tonic lady, Fred and Margaret, are driving in a product placement car down a backlot street. She yells at her phone, No, Gary, I said no, honey mustard. One button and five fries, not five bags of fries. Idiot. She hangs up angrily, turns to Sam Jackson's eye patch, and goes, Sir, are you a sergeant still? I mean, the seismologist said the Wakanda extras are almost 20 times blacker than Sokovia's. She turns into CG and disappears. He's all, women. His car disappears. Just made my last payment. Damn it. Takes out his cell phone. See, Steve Rogers. Fuck that shit. Ah, here we are. Brie Larson. (laughs) Hey, babe. Yeah, too. Remember how great our chemistry was on Skull Island? He turned into CG and disappears. <laughs> we close it, which didn't disappear for some reason. 
all those clothes did, even though Jackson should no longer exist, to have a cell phone account. His phone screen doesn't say anything, although the area code of the number he's calling is 676, which I looked up as Tonga. Some more words are all, Sam Jackson's phone will return. <laughs> I'll lean over to Warren Baden and whisper, I haven't wished this much. I'd rather have read a comic book for the last three hours than Dick Tracy. The end. Oh, my God, Kelly Wan, I'm exhausted. I know. Oh, great. In a good way. Oh, jeez. The Marvel ones are fun to do. Let's wrap this up. They're (laughs) awfully. That's one for the ages, Kelly Wan. Very suiting for uh, the number one opening weekend of all time. Jesus. I can't believe you didn't even bring up Prometheus one time. There's so many characters. No, just the the donut ships, you know. Oh, yeah. It's just standing there. There's so much to do. There's... you wouldn't yeah. believe what gets cut. It's crazy. You did yeoman's work. It's like a Michelle Wolf skit. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks. I don't know what that means, but I'm sure it's... It, I keep worried these are going to get uh, getting stale, because it's just Marvel, Marvel. I've, like, I've, I've done so many Marvel ones. It just seems like it's the same jokes every time. But you Kelly Wan, it I, is a rich vein to uh, mine. There's a, there's a lot yeah. in there. Yeah, Plenty of vibranium true. to get out of this. All right. Uh, in addition to really looking forward to hearing the synopsis after getting out of this movie, I am super curious, as I imagine you are, Kelly Wand. Dingus, go <laughs> first. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, why am I going first? Well, part, you and your son. I mean, there's a couple of uh, opinions here I want to hear about. Yeah, I want to hear Kiernan's everything. I want to hear everything Kiernan said at every point during the movie and everything else everyone said. I love your audience stories and Kiernan separately, superhero stuff. Kiernan was the one who ruined Iron Man 3 for me, so I want to see if he can... But since then, he hasn't ruined anything, and I want him to ruin more movies. More. All right, so um, uh, I'll go with an over and under. Uh, the theme I chose for an over and under is basically cliffhangers, but basically cliffhangers that I want to see right now. So that should give you a sense of how I feel about this movie. See? Okay. <laughs> I have things to say. So my over would be Empire Strikes Back, uh, which uh, I saw in a theater and I knew I was going to have to wait a couple of years to see again uh, to see where it went. Uh, my under would be the movie Unbreakable, which didn't have... Uh, anything to offer me afterward, even though I wished it would have. Um, you saw that as a cliffhanger? Only, I saw it as the opening for it. Something. By cliffhanger, I mean um, this. This what's is an opening. Next? This is the opening of what's going to happen next. Uh, um, I almost went with Back to the Future for that, but I think that movie's too silly. Uh, I prefer Unbreakable because I love that movie so much, and I really, really love thing <laughs> so uh my over is empire my under is unbreakable kelly wand what's uh your over under uh my over is thor ragnarok which i think is funnier um although i also like civil war more too but it's not my over um but age of ultron's my under because sokovia is not in this which makes <laughs> this one better um i think the thing the the thing that would make me like it is if it wasn't a cliffhanger and it was the actual end of the entire Marvel universe. Ooh. That would that would be a great ending. But the fact that it's not is kind of bullshit. Like if you read this and I, 
this is from a comic book arc that played out uh, like 20 or 30 years ago that even comic book nerds think was kind of uh, cheap, <laughs> if I am not mistaken, and it involved a reset, obviously, and... Um, you know, if you don't know, that's it's just these deaths aren't going to have any impact if you if there's more to come. So the fact that it, it's three hours leading up to that seems kind of like a jip to me. Um, so I had mixed feelings about it. I like some of the dialogue and I like how Ru- the Russos do action. I like that there's just lots of scenes where nothing's happening, people fighting. Um, I support that in movies. Um <laughs> But none of the characters are very fun, and it seems like there's too many characters for to get a grip on any of them. Like, I get interested, like, oh, how is Iron Man going to do it? How's Captain America going to do it? Oh, the Guardians are going to do it. Nobody does anything. So I like the boldness of Thanos winning, but I feel like the characters I like in the Marvel Universe get, don't get enough time. I think that's the flaw in the, the approach to this kind of movie. So Okay, I – go ahead. Sorry. That's it. Uh, I didn't. I didn't. I had no because I. I don't know this stuff. I, I. I remember when it showed Thanos at the end of one of the movies. I thought it was like a Hulk kind of guy. Yeah. Like I had no idea who that was. Uh, everything I know about Thanos, I know from literally from a, a pinball table. There's a, a, a series of pinball games called Pinball FX, and they've got licenses for Star Wars and Marvel. And there's a there's a, a Thanos table where he's chasing the Infinity Gems. That's all I know about Thanos is from that table. Uh, so I know from the comic books that he's this genocidal guy who wants everyone to die because he wants to impress Lady Death. He's like a mopey teenager who's in love with a woman, uh, with another girl, and he's just doing this to impress her. So that's, that's, that's all that I knew about Thanos, um, and I knew this had been set up for something. Uh, this, I presume, is – I don't know if it's retcon or just reworking. Like this Thanos here is not that at all. Uh, so I didn't know – I didn't see that coming, and I also had no idea that I was seeing the end of – that I was seeing the middle of a story arc. Kelly Wand, I thought I was seeing a one-off. I, there was no number here. It's not a part one. It wasn't until after I, I came out of the, the theater and was looking up some stuff on Wikipedia that I was like, oh, there's going to be more. Because even this whole idea about Thanos will return, that's that last little uh, statement that's, that it makes. I think that's funny, actually. I didn't know what to yeah. make of that. Like, I, I had no idea what. So I, I admire that uh, it does what it does at the end, specifically because out of ignorance, I didn't know that this is supposed to be part one of a, I, I don't know, it's a trilogy or whatever. I don't know if there's two of them. And uh, who they did it to, too. Like, people have movies coming out in a few months <laughs> are dead. Yep. Uh, so my my over and under are movies that I, I think are are really ballsy for how dark they are, even if they don't necessarily work. Because I, I don't think this is a very good movie. Uh, this movie's got all sorts of issues in terms of the direction and the pacing and the casting and the the writing. There's some awful dialogue in it, but I liked it. I had a really good time, and I love how much of a gut punch the ending was. Mm-hmm. And I love that yeah. Disney let that happen. So my over and under are movies that also surprised me for how dark they were willing to be at the risk of alienating the people who who love them and my overs of course empire strikes back this is nowhere near as good as empire strikes back uh, i love the tone shift in that and my under is a movie that i find fascinating and i've seen a few times and will watch a few more times uh but i think the problem with my under is that it's got farther to fall 
Uh, this didn't have very far to fall. Like this is to me far, far better than Age of Ultron and Civil War. Uh, like yeah. Civil War wants you to take the Civil War seriously, and I think it's a, a little contrived. This idea of genociding half of the universe—I mean, you kind of have to take that seriously. Yeah. So, uh, so, so my under, which is weird for an under, I think it's an under because it falls farther from the source material. My under is this whole idea, and I admire this idea, in uh, Alien 3 of killing Newt and Hicks before it opens, and how Fincher was just super ballsy in taking these beloved survivors who had prevailed against these horrible odds in Cameron's, Cameron's action movie, and Fincher was just like, ah, I think I'm going to kill him. You know, like with a snap of his finger, they're they're dead at the very beginning. Yeah. And I admire that. I love that. And I kind of even love that it bothers people because for me, I think what I crave more from movies uh, is mostly is that they make me feel something. And I love that that this that's probably this movie is probably doing that to people. And in spite of uh, I think the movie's issues and in spite of the fact that I think these guys are pretty weak directors and this movie was pretty much made by uh, Disney producers, uh, this movie made me feel something. I, I you know, the, the dark ending really got to me and actually I thought it was pretty dark throughout. So yep. long and yeah. short, I, I think it's a mess, but good Lord, I had a great time and it got me in the ending. I guess that's all true. That makes sense. Than- Thanos is the best part. That's what's interesting about it, is he's the character who's in it the most, and he's the most interesting. He's like, so, he's, he's he's so morose. Like, he's, he's yeah. no ch- scenery chewing. Like, I thought with all the CG, but I love just how morose he is. That's just yeah. a weird choice, and it, it's very different. Um, and they realize that conquest is a boring motivator and a villain. And not too many – that's a mistake that most Hollywood movies make. Like, all the James Bond villains just want more money. And more <laughs> right. But giving them – Giving the villain a reason to want, like that's actually a, it's a more, it's a, an, it's a writerly approach that's gaining ground finally. And I'm bummed well, when I see it now because I'm like, oh, I would, I wish I'd been paid to teach them that because that's a good point. It is an interesting, interesting adjustment on the on Loki's uh, motivation at the beginning of Avengers, where he's talking about, uh, I'm going to save you from freedom. I'm going to make you free from freedom. Um, because humans want to be subjugated. And Thanos is saying some of the same thing at the beginning of this. This isn't uh, suffering. This is salvation. And I'm bringing balance. He's just bringing balance. He doesn't mean, and you're right, Kelly, he doesn't mean to rule everything. He's just going to go and sit and watch the sunset in the most beautiful sunset on Earth, uh, which we, which has been set up in the previous movie, um, whereas Loki is saying, I'm going to free you from freedom by subjugating you. Uh, so it is sort of an interesting twist. I like that you said that. I like that you said the sunset thing because I didn't remember that. And that's the thing. I don't remember these fucking things, these little seeds well, they that's planted why he walks out of that. years and years ago. So maybe yeah. I'm the wrong audience for it. Because at the end I go, oh, all right. <laughs> like they're, since they're not really dead, it's annoying to me. I'm like, well, like, here's, here's the, something I really wasn't expecting. Like if they're really dead, that's subverting expectations. But well, that's the thing. Once you have a time stone, it, all bits are off. Right. So who gives a shit? Well, well here, I, you guys. Go ahead. I, you know, I, I could not care less what Disney uh, thinks of what they're like. I, I look at this and I know, Dingus, you you feel strongly about how these are all of a piece uh, yeah. and they all fit together. And I, I don't think that way at all because they're so distinct <laughs> for me, depending on who's directing them. And and I, I love Avengers, but I don't like the Civil War movies like you guys do. I like the first Captain America. I don't really care what becomes of them. Age of Ultron just was barely a blip for me. So for, for me, they're all standalone experiences. Uh, 
so this is a standalone movie as far as I'm concerned. I don't care that they're going to rewind. About Pardon? About who, though? I don't care that they're going to rewind time. I don't care that they're not really dead. This movie, in, at the end of this movie, they died. Uh, it doesn't matter to me. Like, I experienced this as a one-off movie, and there was a lot of little confusing bits because I didn't care about previous movies or wasn't paying close enough attention. I had no idea. I, I, when Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany were together, I was like, oh, I, what? When did that happen? I had no idea about any of that. I didn't remember any of that, and I couldn't have cared less. As a, as a one-off movie, I don't care – if it does that superhero thing where nobody ever really dies because the movie ended for me, I got an ending and I don't, I, you know, I, I'm okay. I'll sit with that. And if I don't like the next one, I'll just ignore it. Uh, so ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is bliss. And it's also just saying, you know, forget authorial intent. I had my experience. I'm going to enjoy that experience the way that I enjoyed it. I don't need a sequel for if a sequel sucks. I don't need to see it. I don't need to care about it. I don't even need to, think that it's part of the movie I saw. The Star Wars prequels, they don't matter to me one iota. Uh, they have no impact on how I feel about Star Wars. They're stupid things that I ignore. Uh, so, so this too, and, and it's the same, by the way, with Logan. The X-Men movies mean nothing for me, and Wolverine is a character, whatever. He's sometimes cool, sometimes dumb. They're Logan really is, nice. a, is yeah. a beautiful standalone experience for me, and uh, James Mangold made it that way. It's like an alternate timeline thing. It's a it's a standalone experience. I see Logan. I don't care if the you know, I, I'm fine with them killing all the X Men and Logan because that's that self contained reality. And in this self contained reality, whatever Disney's gonna do with it in a year, uh, Thanos won, everybody died. That but then awesome. other than that ending, mm-hmm. does this movie work as a standalone experience for you? If you take away the endings bleakness and uh, well yeah yeah i mean I, when i say I, you know i don't i don't need a movie necessarily to be good to enjoy it but totally works as a standalone experience for me now when i say standalone it's kind of a cheat because i can't deny the fact that other movies have laid groundwork for it some of which i've liked more than others but i can't deny that when chris evans comes back and he's got his beard and his character is all solemn and grave then i'm like oh that's kind of cool i like this new captain yeah, america i like this change yeah. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Kelly Wan. And that wouldn't have worked for me the same way if I hadn't have sat through the other movies, one of which I really enjoyed. Um, <laughs> so it, it's, I'm kind of having my cake and eating it, too, and saying, yeah, it's a standalone experience. But part of why I enjoyed it as a standalone experience is because of the groundwork the other movies have laid. So if Disney, yeah. which they invariably will do when they come along next year and they resurrect everyone or they have I don't know what's going to happen. I couldn't care less. I'm just I whatever i i had my two hours and 40 minutes of of having a great time watching this big swirling uh mess with a really ballsy ending it is pretty swirly we have a listener who wrote in uh we have a bunch of listeners who wrote in but one of them is is somebody named michael Strait, and uh so what you're talking about tom which totally surprised is is surprising the heck out of me you and me both Um, dingus you and me both (laughs) yeah um Something that was interesting to me when watching it was, I, you know, I have a real uh, bee in my bonnet about how screenwriters use uh, time travel and how it's basically a get out of jail free card uh, for so many things. Um, but then there's a, there's a, there's a lot of other complaints about the fact that well we already know that all of these different actors are signed up for other movies going forward within this universe. So what are we supposed to do with this? And so Michael Strait's point is, uh, is 
kind of along the lines of what you're saying, Tom, is that uh, he's disappointed in people saying that they don't like the ending because they know Marvel's going to have another Black Panther movie or whatever. Um, and for him, that he says that just seems perilously close to saying you can't engage with a movie because it's all just actors playing pretend <laughs> <laughs> or being unable to enjoy a movie because you know the good guys are going to win at the end. Um, so I, I really like that you were – that. I, I love the way that you're viewing this as as the self-contained thing because I do I do view it I do view these things as part of this overall whole thing, uh, but I also can look at each chapter as its own thing as well. And so as I see people disintegrating into dust, characters that I love and characters that I'm nervous about losing, um, part of my brain knows. Yeah, Disney's going to doodly 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 this, but I'm so I'm so emotionally involved in them that I the other part of my brain says you know shut up about that and especially and a, a number of our listeners talked about how great and how meaningful it was for them um, because of Tom Holland's performance and the and. And his moment at the end and how moving that was for them. Uh, we have a couple of people who saw it twice and cried when they saw that happen. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I see things. I see those things both ways. I'm just I'm just totally I've, I'm so pleased and surprised that you that you saw it that way, Tom. Well, let, let's what I how does so Kiernan didn't like Iron Man three right. because he threw away his pet. So I I watch stuff like this and I I am you know I I'm super curious how it affected different people specifically someone like Kiernan who is young and super invested uh, and is a kind of in a very impressionable place in his life. What? How, but getting how older this, and more discriminating at the same time. So. Well, well, yeah. right. But I mean, you know, when you're that age, these things, right. you know, the golden age of science fiction is 12. You know, when you're that age, these things matter to you in a, in a unique way and will have an effect on you for the rest of your life. So, so Dingus, tell us, what did your son, how did he react to this? Uh, he really loved it. But I think that there's, there's, there's a weird inversion that happens, I think, because of the end. Um, you, you kind of, and it is very, it is very dark as it goes through. Um, but the very ending is so clearly a cliffhanger that, uh, even though all of this death and darkness has happened leading up to that, um, the very fact that that's how they chose to end the movie. And I think it's extremely bold to end a movie like this, this kind of tentpole type of movie, with, without like somebody get you know somebody strongly punching somebody else, you know, and we all win, haha. Uh, this is something Nick D said as well. He appreciates a bad guy that they can't just punch, uh, punch harder, and and he. But loses. he does that too. Uh, well, there's a lot of punching going on, but has, has Hulk lose. ever lost a fight before in, in a movie? Ever in a fist fight? <laughs> Has Hulk ever lost like a fist fight before? He he lost. Well, he I guess he and Thor play to a draw on the helicarrier. But I think Hulk uh, wins and he lands on Thor's hand or something. No, he, oh, he jumps out. He jumps yeah, on the helicarrier. That's the thing. Um, this is a favorite Avengers movie. So, but for yeah. Kiernan, 
Tom, to your to your question, I think mm-hmm. that the way that that it ends with Thanos going out, sitting there, looking at the sunset, and then the screen going black, and everybody in the theater, you, you could f- sort of feel. And I was in a row full of kids as well. Um, you could feel everybody kind of move forward a little bit, and then it goes black. It stays black, and then credits start going, and. And it's like, oh my gosh, that's how they're going to end this movie? And I think for him, it was more of a feeling of, oh, oh, okay. So, see you now we're going to go forward and see what happens next. Uh, I think he has an assurance of understanding of where, where the story beats are going to go. So it wasn't like the end of Iron Man uh, for him, where he was so upset with the movie. It was more of a sense of... Um, of surprise, but understanding that, okay, in in much of the way that, for me, the end of Empire Strikes Back, that, and that's why Empire Strikes Back was my over, because I remember, I remember sitting years, in, the, in that theater in Denver, Colorado, and going, good Lord, but I, but I know that something else is going to be delivered, and that's that's kind of like uh, the feeling of turning a page. One of the important differences, though, to me, Ding, is between this and Empire Strikes Back. And one of the reasons that I'm really curious how it affects people like Kiernan is Empire Strikes Back was clearly a cliffhanger. It mm-hmm. ended in the middle of various actions. Things were interrupted that we knew would be resumed. There was no conclusion. Nobody won or lost. There were, you know, people escaped. Certain people were captured. Uh, it wasn't like there was a climactic battle that was fought to one victory or the other. Uh, Empire Strikes Back is of a piece with these pulp serials that keep going on and on. That was George Lucas's inspiration for, for mm. this idea with Star Wars. That's not I, – I mean, again, I keep harping on how I thought it was happening, but that's not what this was. We have escape doors, sure, with this uh, time travel stuff and you know, Doctor Strange saying, oh, I see one successful outcome – we don't know what that is, so presumably that's going to get picked up on later on. But our, our heroes failed to stop him. He did what he set out to do, and its effect was executed. Uh, now, yeah, we've got this idea that there's these infinitely powerful time gems and soul gems and reality gems, but this was a conclusion. This wasn't the middle of an ongoing beat. This was the end of a story arc. You could stop here. It's like Kelly Wan saying, I, I wished it stopped here, because you, you couldn't stop Empire Strikes Back where Empire Strikes Back ended. That clearly had to go on, but I just right. feel differently about what I was seeing here and the way it plays out against various other superhero movies. You know, you fight a bad guy, you beat the bad guy. Here, all the stuff happened that was supposed to happen except that at that last minute moment, they didn't stop him. Uh, he got that gem. These the dis, the wrong decisions were made about what to do with Vision, about you know uh, Peter uh, about uh, Chris Pratt's stupid reaction, um, about Zoe Saldana not killing herself. Like wrong decisions were made, and it ended up failing. I, I wanted this is really a little bit. Uh, this is a bit of a stretch, but there's a there's a series on AMC or no no on uh, shoot is it FX. There's a series called the, uh, the Looming Tower. Which is based on the the lead up to 9/11, the investigation uh, into Al Qaeda and uh, the Saudis who came through Germany to the U.S. Uh, you know, we we knew who they were. 
We had the FBI and the CIA were, were aware of them. We were investigating them, but 9-11 happened anyway. Uh, and watching the looming tower, it is a, a super fascinating procedural about how we fight terrorism to prevent catastrophic terrorist strikes, except in this instance, we failed to do that. And looming tower is a fascinating look at what is you know that kind of TV show? Usually, it's like cops or whatever, where there's a there's a there's an investigation, and in the end, something is solved or prevented. But you're watching it, knowing that that's not how it's going to end up. And I got that same feeling, you know, when I think back to this. Everything happens like any other superhero movie. It's a superhero procedural. They have the battles, and the the people uh, are at odds, and then they learn to come together, and they find the villain's weakness, and then they stop him, and they prevent the villain from taking over the universe. All of that plays accordingly, with the one exception that they don't stop him. Mm -hmm. So I love that. I love it as uh, – and and so anyway, that's just – I wish – Dingus, can I trick Kiernan and tell him that there are no more Marvel movies and make him think this is the last one? You, you can certainly try that. <laughs> I wish you could trick but, me too. But, I'd love but I to think, be tricked. I think, unfortunately, uh, unfortunately or fortunately, I don't know. It depends on which way you look at it. Mm-hmm. He learned a lesson from watching Iron Man 3 and getting upset and getting really upset about it and not liking it because of the way that movie ended. And then watching them just sort of go. Just yeah. kidding. Yeah, just yeah. kidding. Uh, we're right. going to keep going, and you'll you'll That's hear news reports about um, Robert Downey Jr. not not wanting to play this part anymore, and maybe we're going to kill him off. But that's never going to pan out. Uh, we're just going to offer him too much money, um, and right. yeah. he's going to keep showing up. And other things are going, and there are going to be other interesting short stories involving him. And I think that, un- again, unfortunately or fortunately, based on the way you view this. He's kind of learned that lesson as he's grown up. He's he's learned, you know, he might get really affected by emotionally affected by Iron Man throwing his heart into the ocean. Uh, but then when the next movie is just like, yeah, we're just kidding about that. Um, I think that he learns a lesson about that. And this is sort of more of a long, a longer way of looking in a way at what you're talking about as far as empire is concerned, because he understands this as a a long range thing going on as, as we understood that, uh, that, that return of the Jedi was going to come out. Well, it's kind of a shame because I like thinking of this movie as a story about the inevitability of death (laughs) and it's not, it's, it's, it's a story. It's all of that is going to be undermined by the, the comic bookness of whenever somebody dies, they're never dead. That's the thing. That's a Marvel thing, and it's like it's why I like it and hate it at the same time. It's a Marvel thing, or it's a comic book thing? Because isn't that it's true? It's Marvel. Co- well, in DC, it's a little less. Because Superman dies. Like I mean, it's it's I know, used not, to this. Yeah. Right, right. But Marvel started it. Like, if you okay. go back to the seventies, like before that, you can't think of anything in DC where characters died permanently. Okay. Um, but Marvel was always like doing that shit, like. Electric. I mean, it all turned out to be bullshit too. But it felt real at the time. The way you're talking about, like Dark Phoenix died. Oh, Bullseye kills Electra. What? Like they were really trying to convey that sense, and so right. th- that's why it make it made me feel nostalgic seeing that ending. Like, oh, but then in the comics, you can just read it next month. And so the idea of waiting a year for mm. a movie, like it's a different viewing experience than if we were watching this five years from now and then we just slide in number two right after it. But um, I am reminded of how I experienced like the Lord of the Rings movies. Like I couldn't have cared less right. about them until it, you know something at a certain point sort of 
uh, the virtue of ignorance. Yeah, but then when I watching them all of all together at once in one sitting, it's I different. didn't because I wasn't into them as they were being released in the theaters. I didn't have to do that waiting, so I just got to sit down and enjoy, you know, well, back. <laughs> seven seven eight hours of Peter Jackson doing this this epic fantasy series. Yeah. Uh, so well, there's also that sense of of watching them in all of their like extended version glory and and getting to know the music right. for them and right. and playing some games that that linked you into them in certain ways as well. And one of the things that really surprised me that Kiernan said tonight was um, about this movie is, uh, well, he said two things that were really interesting to me. One, he said, now I know how like Harry Potter fans felt at the like end of like part one of the last two movies. Oh, Um, jeez, Right. Right. And he kind of rolled his eyes when he said that But then (laughs) later tonight, he said, you know, I kind of wish this movie would have just been a couple hours longer and just done it. Yeah. You know, I, like I a five-hour long movie. And I said, well, economically, that's not possible for a theater to do. And his Why? eyes blazed over. Because, I because you can't. You I know, can't but a football yeah, game is three hours, four hours. <laughs> well, well, you just can't schedule those things in and expect to make money for a movie theater. They because would, of what they Of how they sell how they sell movies and how they sell how they make money off of concessions. That's just not possible. I so they could. They, they could have done it No. You just got no, pee, you take an intermission, I, then you come back. You could do it no, once. I think it's the only time they ever do it. I, I loved that he said that. I loved that he said, you know, I wish they just would have made a five or six hour movie and he's a pioneer and been, and, and gone and gone with that and just been bold with that. I mean I thought it was a yeah, really yeah. smart thing and I didn't think of that. Um so I thought I, I that, thought that was a really cool idea. Yeah, yeah, Kelly, that can't happen for a couple of reasons, and it's not just for uh, the you know movies make their money on their opening weekends, and it takes a long lead up to get a two hundred fifty million dollar opening weekend. You know, to break that two hundred million dollar barrier, uh, you've got to lay a lot more. of groundwork. So what what they're doing is that you know this is a snowballing thing, and yeah. the fact that this is actually two hours and forty minutes, that's costing them money. And yep. part of how they made up for it is this is a wider release. Like this opened in something like 4,500 theaters, which I think was a record uh, oh. for Marvel movies. So it's a financial. So, yeah, it's a financial decision, and they made up for the running time by just opening it in more theaters. Uh, um, and they're, they're bean counters who definitely wanted this movie to be you know two hours long, and whatever happened, they allowed it to be longer, and it opened wider, and it paid off. You know, they, they made their money, uh, but they – you know, they. I, I. I'm bummed to hear. I mean, and I guess I kind of knew this even as it was happening. That this idea of splitting it into multiple pieces is a financial decision and a commercial decision. Uh, it's a business decision. Is you know, right. it keeps people super eager to come back next year. And if they just made one five-hour movie, that's that's still. Yeah, that's but cost yeah, the, the money. point is, though, it's still creatively better. And Kiernan's not right. Wrong. But these aren't made for creative reasons. I know. Well, yeah, then right. I'm cre- I'm critiquing the movie on its creative uh, <laughs> merits, and Kiernan is right. It would have been right. better as a. And now, in a few months, we're supposed to watch Ant Man and give a fuck, and Hawkeye is supposed to come out. Like, I don't know. That's the thing too. Is like the people who weren't in it didn't make sense that they wouldn't be in it. Hawkeye supposed to? Because I thought maybe because they not get Jeremy Renner. Is he charging too much, or what happened there? I thought they were mad at him because in an interview after Ultron, he called Black Widow a slut in an interview because she was hitting on Mark Ruffalo's character and her character was in the movie. And then the fans got mad at him. And so and I thought and he sounded kind of bored, like I'm so sick, like he looked kind of jaded by playing Hawkeye, too. So I thought it was that. 
Okay. But then, that was just during like an electronic press kit thing. No, was, I know. It was but, a minor yeah. thing. And, but they also got to go, well, it's Hawkeye. Who gives a shit? Like, we don't need Hawkeye. Fuck him. Like, that's what I thought it was like 50 50. Well, I was also surprised there was no Ant Man because they even referenced him. And I, I, I don't know. I guess we'll find Wait, out. But I don't know. Ant Man and a Spider Man? Yeah. I don't know why they didn't have Paul Rudd for this. Like, he can't cost that much. <laughs> and they're doing more Paul Rudd. And it's and he's an Avenger. <laughs> you know, and but I really the thing that makes me like like the movie again and swings me back to where Tom's at, like just oh what an ending is like they did it to Black Panther. And his movie's like a huge hit that came out two months ago. And if he's dead, like that was that was kind of like a, that's very unexpected. Yeah. Like yeah. Spider-Man too. But Black Panther and Spider-Man. And yep. most of the Guardians. Because Guardians here's the thing, exactly. I in a way, like I still have a lot of fondness for Joss Whedon's Avengers movie, but in a way it's it's you know, it's it's Spider-Man, it's Thor, and it's How? the Guardians of the Galaxy that I care about more now, because those yeah. are the movies that I've most recently enjoyed. And the fact that they died, that was a that that affected me. Like that was a Gee, huge rats. deal. Ed Star Lord. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and even I. Uh, even though, boy, and this is just an example too of how I think this isn't a very good movie. Uh, uh, Gamora's death. Like I, I think it's so telegraphed and it's so obvious and clumsy, yeah, yeah. but it's yeah. super effective. It's like it's a surprising great. Surprising that she didn't see it coming. <laughs> it's a great operatic moment, uh, and it's yeah. you know it's the stuff of the, the Bible and operas and uh, it, you know the the Russo brothers, whatever. Uh, but but just if you look at it as a as a written story beat, it's it's awesome. I loved that yeah. uh, because I like her. You know, if it had been whoever Evangeline Lilly is going to play in the next movie, I couldn't care. You know what? If it had been Scarlet Witch, I would have been like, okay, whatever. But yeah. I like Zoe Saldana. I like Gamora. Uh, yeah. So too. even though it was a clumsy, obvious, you know, you could see it coming down Fifth Avenue story beat because I like that character so much and because I was really enjoying what Josh Brolin was doing. I really dug that moment a lot and it worked for me totally. What yeah. about uh, Nebula? Cause she becomes important later. I love her. I love what they did with her yeah. in Guardians 2. I love Karen Gillan since Jumanji. I just I have am. so much baggage to like that character. I loved how weirdly grotesque that uh, – I think you called it like blue woman pull her apart. <laughs> like I love yeah. how it was yeah. like one of those exhibits where you slice up a cow, and then from an angle, it looks like a full cow. But then when you're turning, you see it slices, that little perspective trick oh. where she walks into the room. That's so grotesque. That was like something out of a horror movie. Yeah. Oh, that's um, – that's, uh, that's a moment in um, The Cell where the horse is uh, divided. Right, right, right. Exactly, Dingus. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so so I, we, and I, I, I love that Nebula. Like I loved what they did with her. Did yeah. she, wait, did she – oh, no. Did she go at the end too? No. I don't think so. Okay. And she gets the gauntlet in the comics. So, so Tom, you brought up like Thor and the Guardians all working together, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so we have a listener named Ben Halliburton who uh, who is just he's he said he's he's just thrilled because this is the first time he gets to write in with his thoughts about a movie we're covering <laughs> because the person he's dating made him go see it. <laughs> wow, forced into it, Ben Halliburton. All right. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I'm I'm the same as Ben in that I'm only seeing it. I only saw it because of you guys, like because so we could do the podcast. I otherwise wouldn't have been in any hurry to see it. Avengers, yeah. you love Avengers, Tom. Not anymore. They do that goofy. You know, they, if they won't submit to registration, I think they're dumb. Yeah, I'm yeah. still, I'm still, I'm still peeved about that whole thing. Oh, I love that. I love that. That's entirely dismissed in this. Oh god. That, uh, that, yeah. That Don Cheadle basically just. Uh, they don't even talk about it. 
just swipes right. <laughs> right, exactly, Dingus. Yeah, yeah. All right, so what did Ben Halliburton say? So, so for Ben, the, the pleasure of the movie is watching the various, as he puts it, the building blocks of the sprawling Marvel Cinematic Universe get recombined like a kid dumping a bunch of Lego kits together. You know, it's a, it's a Ready Player One kind of thing, but with more yeah. of appreciation for context. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So, so, so he says Thor and the Guardians, they all work together better than you think, particularly Thor with anyone. His momentous arrival during the final battle totally underserved by Infinity War's anemic soundtrack. Yes, After, thank you, Ben. Like, I I was so ready for Zeppelin at that point. Thor. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Ben. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so Ben really likes how how Thor how Thor bridges worlds, I think. And I mean I, yeah, I, I didn't mean yeah, I know, yes. But uh but I th- I love that I love the way Ben puts that and, and how it it, it relates to what you were talking about, Tom. And part of it, too, is the tone between Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor Ragnarok. Uh, those obviously fit together. Cosmic. So, so the characters, oh, that, the, the cosmicness and the, the humor, Kelly Wand. You know, we talked about with Doctor Strange being disappointed that it wasn't more cosmically trippy. Uh, right. And That's I love that we, we got more of that here. We got more That's of a sense true. of Doctor Strange being powerful. And, and they would even hand wave some stuff about um, – you know, something that other people couldn't deal with, uh, Scarlet Witch's magical powers, like those big old rolling gear things at Wakanda. You know, those are super dangerous and terrible, but then when Scarlet Witch comes out, her magic somehow is able to stop them. So the same with Doctor Strange, this idea that his magic is different than what everybody else does. Yeah. Uh, I, re- I really like how that fit into the context. You know, it, it is, like Ben said, is fitting these little building blocks together. And you throw in magic with the little technical, uh, yeah. technologically-based superheroes. Uh, and How do these powers fight each other? Like, right, that's right. what I think the Russos are really good at. That's why I'm surprised you didn't like yeah. Civil Wars, because Civil War yeah. uh, uh, showed me that the Russos kind of get it. And they're like, if Spider-Man fights... Uh, Captain America, this it'd be this kind of thing because he would use this. And Captain America would do that, and then something else I really like. I just forgot. What, I just, just want to interject really quick that I really liked about uh, Infinity War mm-hmm. is the implied fights that we don't see because there's no time. <laughs> like Nebula attacking Thanos, we don't see. The movie opens after a battle where everyone in Thor Ragnarok we saw at the end of that movie is dead, and Thor and and Hulk and Loki have already lost. <laughs> And the movie opens, and I'm going, oh, God, they're going to do that ding- that thing Dingus hates from Skyline. 40 <laughs> oh, minutes earlier, and then show it. I, Kelly, I got to tell you, I was so worried that that was going to happen. Too. I was, too. And I, and that's what DC would have done. Like, this is why the Marvel movies are, are just running circles around the DC movies. It's like they had the wit to go, yeah, okay, they're already – all those people – that they kind of did at Alien 3 and killed off that lovable uh, – who was the director of Thor Ragnarok who was like the funny – uh, warrior character like Taika that guy's Waititi. dead right yeah Taika Waititi's dead and uh his other friend oh and the was the Valkyrie on the ship that black Valkyrie lady no. Tessa Thompson yeah right right oh very good. Dead. okay <laughs> Infinity War has many casualties <laughs> um so yeah sorry I just wanted to squeak that in no that's like, quite a right uh, Chris Markinson uh, liked this, but he said it's no Thor Ragnarok, and he listed a bunch of other uh, Marvel movies that it's not. Um, you know, it's not Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One. It's not Logan. It's not. Uh, he listed a bunch of movies that it's not, but he, he he liked it just fine enough. But he did want me to remind you, Tom, that there was a character in um, Black Panther named Killmonger. I don't remember <laughs> that. You mean Eric Stevens? 
Oh, are we using their made-up names now? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chris Markinson does does wonder if they're if uh, if they're going to regret uh, all of these pop culture references twenty years from now when these movies are being watched. Uh, I, I mean, the thing, like, I, I kind of appreciated how that they, you know, it's, it, it was Spider Man. So, oh yeah, I guess. Well, it was like it was the, the dismissive. So, so Peter, Iron Man, isn't it? Like, like Chris Pratt's character, I could see that because that's part of his shtick. That's part of Guardians of the Galaxy. His whole thing with Footloose, like it's fixed in time. It's this fish out of water kind of deal. That that stuff works. But otherwise, uh, it was like uh, Spider Man's Aliens reference. But beyond yeah. that, like I, I think Iron Man saying Grimace and Iron Man saying Squidward. A, I thought that it was uh, Squidward, Chris Pratt. Yeah. Chris Pratt who says Grimace. No, it's Chris no. Pratt says Grimace. Yeah. Does he? Are you sure? Yeah, I are think he sure? does. Yeah, because I because I remember thinking, oh, the Grim the McDonald's commercials are that old. Yeah, it's clearly Chris Pratt. Um, that sounds Iron Manny, but all right. Who, what's the, what, what's the Squidward Squidward? thing is funny though, right? Squidward, Squidward is, is great. SpongeBob. Yeah. Oh, good lord! Ew, who said that? Iron Man. <laughs> oh, good lord! Okay, that one's dumb. I didn't know it. I didn't care. Yeah, he's, and he's I prefer McDonald's. About the guy. By the way, who's one of Thanos' children, not his sidekick, Kelly. I love that, that, that Kelly thinks that that big orc thing with the axe was Thanos. Yeah, and he was coming down to Earth. Why didn't he get it then? Because he wasn't there, Kelly. The so I didn't, I didn't know anything. I don't know anything about who those people were. I kind of love that. I don't even know their names. They were distinct. They were weird. I know their I especially liked that goblin-looking one. Um, so I liked those little henchmen. Those guys were cool, and they were all kind of unique. I love them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I really love them, yeah. I'm with you on that. Kelly, one, you um, probably know all their names, right? Yeah, Grimace, Squidward, uh, <laughs> Starman. What was so, the name of the goblin-looking guy? Which one uh, was he? He was Gary. <laughs> Gary, yeah. Yeah. Not Gary. He was calm. He's a fan favorite. Uh, Michael Strait uh, wanted to was wondering why they po- how they could possibly pass up a Stark uh, Doctor Strange out dick each other moment. Well, they did. Uh, they, you know, they Strange did. just rolled out and called him a douchebag. Oh, that's right. Yeah, okay. He said the other thing. Sorry, I. I, I like the Thor and Rocket Raccoon tale. Oh, calling him I Rabbit. Like, I could I could watch Chris Hemsworth yeah, call rabbit. Bradley Cooper animation Rabbit yeah. all day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Thor Thor's arc now, like from where it was six months ago, it's yeah. like he's oh, it's awesome. And he's got his eye back. I, but I was a little the axe wasn't on screen enough. But I liked all that Tyrion stuff where Tyrion's a giant. I thought that it's cool this idea too of letting Groot lend his arm for the handle. Like that was that was kind of a cool yeah, that, was that was totally wonderful. like a video game thing. Yeah, like crafting the axe and you need and the character has to make a sacrifice. I like that bit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I I mean when when I saw I mean I saw that coming like a millisecond before it and I was like, Oh, this is gonna happen. Oh, this is great. I thought that was a great moment. I had a number of like if you guys had seen this movie with me, there would have been a number of fist bump moments for me. Uh, for instance, when when Captain America shows up in shadow on the other side of the subway car. Oh man, I was so happy. <laughs> Not only did that work for me, Dingus. I'm so dumb. I had no idea it was him till he walked out of the shadows. Oh, I, didn't Who's this? <laughs> I didn't either. And then I loved the uh, oh, you're you're uh, you're using my beard now. Yeah, that was yes, funny. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, did you guys catch the thing where uh, Don Cheadle says to him, "You guys look like crap." When they don't look like crap, they <laughs> look like a, a couple, couple commando years. team, and they're all fit and solemn and, and serious, and they looked awesome. 
time. Right. I hate that. When you say, you, you look like crap to this it's super like the handsome, script beautiful. And the makeup artist weren't on the same page. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, we have a listener named who only is either TT or TJ. Um, and he loved it. Uh, he thinks some parents might be a little upset because it pushed the boundaries as far as PG-13 was concerned. Well, I agree with uh, that, by the way. I agree with that. I totally agree with well, that. Okay, what do you what do you think? So PG-13 isn't a matter of like, – like this idea about warning parents isn't just about is someone going to get shot through with a Groot tree trunk. Uh, it, it's about tone and about the impact this would have on children. And right. you, you, know, you, you have a little six-year-old kid who doesn't really appreciate this stuff about how in comic books people PG-13. are never really dead. No, I know, but I, well, so you agree, Kelly Wan, that it should have an age warning. That there should be no, a right. I don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm saying even by your logic, a six-year-old at a PG-13 movie should get this. No, no, I don't. The, you don't, Kelly Wan. You don't understand what the rating means. The rating just means parents should be aware of certain things about the movie. It's not stopping 13-year-olds from going. Plenty of six-year-olds, 12-year-olds, and all the way down. Kids um, all over the place are seeing this movie. Or it wouldn't have made nearly as much money, but parents should know things about you know, what makes this movie different from a SpongeBob movie. They should know those things. There should be a right. shorthand way to do that, and this movie this pushes the boundaries of being PG-13 by doing stuff that would be very disturbing to younger children. Nah. And I love that it did that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Wan, you got me on that. Good rebuttal. I, I have no response to that. Good point. I crunched the numbers of the 13-year-olds I've met. <laughs> and not all parents can like can preview every movie before they see it. And they like, see every movie. Like, like I, I specifically went when Guardians of the Galaxy came out. I had heard it was the most violent of all Marvel movies. What? Why who? Yeah, but, well, it's By, got that Groot, which is a dumb comment, I think. But I, yeah, yeah, it's got that it's Groot uh, killing people violently in the Arrow stuff. But the thing well, is, it, it, was a, it was a dumb comment. But I, but I went to see it gee. first before taking my son to it because I wanted to say, okay, well, I have to, I have to go preview this because I am going to see it in you're theaters. A good parent. He's going to want to go see it in a theater. But not every parent can afford to do that, you know. Oh, so it's on me because they can't afford to do it. It yeah, is not on you because you can go to any movie you want to go to. <laughs> no, but the movie will be softer because of that, and so I oh. get I suffer. Oh, that's right. I realize you think they need to have a baby. Punished, yeah. Yeah, Kelly One, it's a shame that we couldn't get an R-rated Logan. That's really sad that that never happened. It's a shame <laughs> that there's not another Deadpool movie coming in a month. That's really sad, Kelly One. Look how long you had to wait, and look how few of those there are. Uh, so the whole thing with Guardians, too, is the, the, the reason that I don't have a problem with Guardians is that it's just a matter of tone. It's not about Yondu's arrow killing ten dudes. It's about the tone of it happening, and the right. tone in this way, way darker than the previous movies. Uh, mm-hmm. Way way darker, and I, you know, I just think that that deserves to be reflected in a rating. And hey, you know, what's darker movie. than this movie? Uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And that's absolutely, and you know what that's else is darker? You know what's darker is the 1970s. Yeah, the ni- movies in the 70s were very different, Kelly Wan. Exactly. So obviously, rating Kelly Wan, uh, I want you to open in the bottom right hand corner of your computer. If you click right click on the the little bar, you can pull up a calendar. I want you to note the year at the end of the calendar. You'll see there's a two zero one eight. Right. Yeah, that's not okay, so 1970s. <laughs> oh, I see. So age ratings are different from decade to decade. So there's well, a, no no standard. A, no no, no Kelly Wan. 
Standards for entertainment change. Absolutely. Absolutely. They get more restricted. It's not restricted. It's just it they is. get more, you know, I think people are, are want to be more careful about letting parents control, letting parents be aware of what their kids are watching and what they're being subjected to. It's a very different time now with things like the internet, with how common movies are. You know, it used to be if I wanted to go to a movie, I had to get a, like a ride there, and then my mom, like, it, it's just a very different time. Kids today can see things all over the place. It's so much easier for media to reach children. Uh, than it was in the 70s. You look and, at and your therefore, calendar. Yeah. I think we need to be – yeah, so I, I just think vigilance is not a bad thing. Yes, yeah, so I'll look at my calendar. I'm looking at it right now. What should I check for? You look at your calendar and look yeah. at the thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of years we didn't have a rating system, and we were fine. Oh, right, back when we had the internet. Right, because the, the internet, internet isn't anything new, Kelly Wand. Well, yeah, but actually kids are jaded on it from the internet. All right, like, let's there, get Dingus in here. Dingus – this is actually kind of an interesting conversation because uh, my kid just read uh, uh, The Catcher in the Rye, um, right. and uh, this was because his uh, his English his English class, language arts, whatever they call it, was saying uh, this is the banned books section of what we're doing this this the, at this particular time for your book report. So choose a banned book and read it, and. And as he was trying to form his opinions about banned books and whether books should be banned or shouldn't be banned, I just found it to be such a quaint idea at this point. Yeah, that's um, true. like a book because, kids reading something. <laughs> Let's well, discourage. How do you ban something now? I mean, on the internet, right. you can get the entire you can get the entire text of To Kill a Mockingbird or to or Catcher in the Rye or whatever has been banned. And if you and even if if you're talking about something like um, I don't know what the what the that weird conservative build a bomb book was. Uh, if you want to find out how to build a bomb, you just you can go on the internet and do that. So what's the anarchist point cookbook? Banned books? Yes, an, yeah, anarchist it. cookbook. Thank you very much. So the very idea of it is is just it's so quaint now based on the internet and it's not like when we were growing up if if a book was banned from our library I might not be able to ever read it for years. Maybe I'm just jealous then. Well my po- I mean the I mean the point is Kelly one this is darker than the other movies. I applaud yeah. it for being able to do that, but I do think it's the limits of PG-13. If if it had been any darker, mm-hmm. it would veer into what I think would be should be R-rated territory. I love that they're pushing the limits of PG-13 this far, and I'm kind of a little bummed that kids like Kiernan see this and 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 the impact of these deaths is undermined because I love the lesson mm-hmm. from this that everybody mm-hmm. dies. That you know what I don't care how much you love Drax, he's gonna die. I love how dark that is, and and that to me is pushing the impact of of what a PG thirteen movie should be able to do. But then your parent uh, so, goes. So you think that that should be a a sustained consequence then? Oh, I would love for it to be as, as far as like a, a. It's kind of dark, but I I think that there's a certain. I mean, that's part of growing up, isn't it? Is learning that everybody's going to die, right. that right. that there that that the exactly. universe is, is is can be very cold and very indifferent. And I think that mm-hmm. that kind of message needs to be included in other types yes. of messages that children are, are told. But there's a time and a place for that, and being eight <laughs> years old is not the time or place for that. Right, that's uh, true. That's I don't, you know what it, 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 people parents can parents can raise their children the way that they want. Right. What the MPAA does is it makes it easier for them to understand At what kinds expense. of things 
Not at your expense, Kelly Wan. You got to see a very dark movie in which half of the superheroes died. How is that at your expense? But also, wait, one other thing. When we were kids, we didn't have these rating systems. You go back on your calendar, like – Yes. Oh, right. We're back there. Okay, yes, right. I'm at my calendar. Go ahead. Well, okay. So when you saw – like we used to see stuff that – they didn't have a rating system for yet, and it kind of made our lives awesomer. No, and Kelly so Wand, because they get screwed now, and they're not allowed okay, to see Okay, so here's where let, let me make a let me make an admission here. Uh, I was too young to see Jaws when I saw it, hey, and me it too. it affected me for the rest of my life, and it made me, me a too. huge fan of horror movies. Right. Now I don't know that that makes me a better person or a worse yes, person, it but it affected what I look for in entertainment. And I think that I probably shouldn't have seen it when I saw it because of how much it freaked me out. And how you know? No, it, different, you. it did toughen me, but that wouldn't always happen to to all kids. Every like different kid. kids can have different reactions to this. And I think Jaws being rated PG these days would never happen, of course. And I think me seeing it the age with ten when I saw it, I think I was too young to see it. I shouldn't have seen it. And it, uh, yeah, I don't know that it made me a better person, but it certainly made me a type of person that I am now. It made the uh, world more exciting for you. And so did seeing well, Alien. It made me were... afraid to swim in the ocean for a while. I mean, I was no, too young to see it too, but my my parents took me to see it. Right, right. That is, see, I'm with Kelly Wan. That's part of the experience, but that again, yeah. that's not something that eight or ten year olds need to learn. Is yeah. this dread of of the the unfathomable depths of the ocean? You know, that's a metaphor. Right. right. Eight year olds don't need to be terrified yeah. of vastness and and. And carnivorous appetites. That's not something they need to know about. Listen to me. When I, yes. when I was seven, there was a Christopher yes. Lee movie called uh, – it was a double feature for something else that we were actually there to see. And there was right. like a movie before it. It was called en- The End of the World. <laughs> and Chris- Christopher Lee's an alien. And I forget what happens except that at the end, the world explodes and everybody uh-huh. dies. Uh-huh. And I was super traumatized by it. <laughs> and I was like – and when we came out of it. Uh, I asked my mom. I go, wait, the world blew up. That's fucked up. Like, what's gonna happen? Like, what are we gonna do? We got to get on this Christopher Lee alien thing. We got to take care of that guy. And she looked at me and she went, "It's just a story." <laughs> and I went, <laughs> "Oh!" And that changed every like it. So I see, Kelly, on your. Exactly. You, your mother did the right thing, and she was great. Not yes, all kids right. have the luxury of having a mother that says the right thing at the right time. But her bad parenting is my expense. That's my point. But not all all kids process stories in the same way either. I mean, I you know, I I really wanted uh, to be able to bring um, uh, my girlfriend and her son along to this. Um, but she said, no, I don't want him saying this. And she was right. He's not ready <laughs> for this. In my okay, this is a, I mean this is a very subjective kind of thing I think, but the one I would give you, Tom, the one the one uh-huh. superhero movie where I go, this is PG thirteen, really was right. uh, Dark Knight. Sure, right, yeah. Of maybe, what if I was a kid, this movie would have given me nightmares forever. Right, like yeah. Dark Knight, grant right. you. Yep, but exactly. that's, I would, that's I when I would really like to watch well, with Kieran, and this is sort of you know you know. It could have been something that I, I talked about next for next week's uh, podcast, um, but I keep looking at it and going, when can I, when can I watch this with him? But then you know, I look at a lot of like different, like not just R-rated movies, but movies that are a little too intense, and wondering, you know, he's he's thirteen, he he's pretty savvy, but still. There are some things thematically that you that you have to, as a parent, sort of parse. 
I mean, and, they, and that's your job. Not, not, yeah, well, of course that's your job. But I think that ratings help you figure that out. Wait, hold on. But also, too, if this is rated, okay, this is nearly R. And it, but if it, it's always going to be that same rating, and then if you, you see it next year, if your kid sees it and they're freaked out, and then you just pop in part two right after that. And doesn't that change the rating? <laughs> <laughs> the first so right, so Kelly Wan, right, this has a PG. Right, this has a PG-13 rating. It will expire when the next movie comes out. Then they can bump this down to PG. I see what you're saying. Right? Calendar, more calendar, Tom. All this said, well, the kid, the kid right. sitting next to me on the other side was like six years old, and yeah. there, and as we walked out of the theater, there was a little girl. I don't know. She must have been like seven or eight. And she's walking out with her with her uh, with her dad, and uh, I think I don't know a couple other people. And she's like, "Honey, how do you feel about spoilers? I'm glad you didn't see any spoilers for it, but I wish I would have seen more spoilers for it." And she's talking about spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny right. to her, like just it. holding forth about spoilers about this and wishing she would have known yeah. more of the spoilers. <laughs> and. And she's like, I know you don't like spoilers, Dad, but I, I mean, it's so weird to hear people talking about that because uh, because of the way that you know we put our fingers in our ears when watching trailers. And you hear this little girl who's seven or eight years old going, "Well, I'm glad I, I I'm glad I guess I'm glad you didn't see any spoilers, but I'm glad I knew some of the spoilers." Um, it was weird to see like kids that little going to this movie. So she wasn't traumatized. Doesn't sound like she was. No. Really- but yeah, I, I, I think she's probably been inured to it based on the other things that she's probably seen from a much earlier age and probably earlier right. than she should have um, for various reasons. Like uh, Kiernan, too. I mean, you get used to the Marvel yeah. movies and you sort of go, eh, it's still yeah, seems yeah. Yeah, to Tom's <laughs> point, yeah, very well done. Other than tone, let's talk about uh, some of the uh, uh, the issues and the decisions and the morality in this movie. Uh, okay. What did you guys think of this whole idea of, you know, we don't trade lives, this whole idea that uh, if Vision had allowed himself to be sacrificed, he would have saved half the lives in the universe. Isn't, isn't, this, movie, isn't this movie super dumb and glib with morality? Yes or no? Yes, because we don't even know what the half of that universe is. And like in RL, if we were given that choice, I know the United okay. Nations and Sokovia were on your mind for real at some point <laughs> recently. But if I was told, oh, half the universe is going to die, da, 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 and it's like, on the movie, in the movie we care because it's the superheroes we love dying, but no one gives a shit about, you know, the guys on Rigel or Altair. <laughs> Rigel, I love those guys. Those Rigelians are awesome. That's true. Half of them are dead, Tom. Half of those shrimp are dead now. Do you think they just, Tom, do you think they just should have accepted uh, Vision's noble sacrifice and just killed him? Uh, I mean, so I'm of the same mind as Kelly Wan in that, yes, I do. But I love that the movie had, you know, I love the way that Captain America put it is we don't trade lives. I love the the way that it, it takes an absurd, ridiculous decision and it couches it in noble terms that made me uh, better you know, in character I, I'm for him. Constantly thinking, I don't mean to drag the discussion back to this, but I'm constantly thinking, what do kids get from this? And I right. love the the fact that my cold, calculating morality, of course, Vision should die to save half the universe. That this movie wanted to be above that, 
And I, I think that that's a noble thing the movie tried to do, and I appreciate it, even though I think it's, it's stupid. It's dumb. No Paul Bettany. What kind of an idiot is – just go – no Elizabeth Olsen. I don't care how much you love him. It's half of the universe. Don't be stupid. It's also uh, – every time my feeling, but – yeah. So, so at any rate, no, no. I'm, I'm every time Thanos does what Kelly wants. Uh, every time Thanos is torturing someone, the other person's like, "Do you right. go ahead, kill them?" Exactly. And the right. exact same amount of screen time, and then they go, "All right, all right, I can't have you kill them." Right, right. And so it's like none of this is real. <laughs> same scene every time. Well, it, right. it's not well, comic book, comic book, comic book. The thing is that I think they do it repeatedly because they are making a point. This right. idea that we don't trade lives, that if people come along and they're terrible to us, we don't deal with them on their terms. We hold our ground. We hold our morality. Uh, we don't just reduce but it to But it's always math. the life of someone we like if they were holding up. But that, that's part of the point is we don't reduce it to math. It's how people feel. It's not, it's not a mathematical decision because this, by the way, is so contrived. That's never going to happen. But I right. think it's, the, the message of this movie is it's not about math. And that's what I think is the point of morality. If, if we – you know, morality is contrived, and it's not very efficient. Uh, and, right. And, and, but I believe that morality is an important guiding uh, – it's an important point of guidance for how we live our lives. Uh, and even though it's well, not that absolutely is, yeah. But, but, but I don't, I don't I mean, think the movie makes that case because Thanos – we don't get a demonstration of how he's saying this is why – this is how the universe will be better if we go with my way. Like he doesn't make a no. convincing case of that. The the problem is that he's he's done the math and he's done it poorly, right? And it's going to wind up probably kicking him in the ass. But well, Dingus, are you? Why do you say that? I'm curious why you say that. Well, well, so he so he's decided the he's made the opposite decision of what Captain America said, right? Right. right. He said, "Okay, soul for a soul, fine. I'll I'll kill the thing I love. That's that." And then I'll get the soul stone right? in order to be able to restore balance to the universe. Um, Captain America has, has, has taken that, the moral choice of um, uh, one world is the world entire, basically. That, that, that idea of if I sacrifice a life, I've sacrificed – I've made a decision to, uh, to sacrifice all life. That, that's the idea. We don't trade, we don't, we don't trade in lives. Because it means uh, it means genocide. It means the idea that all these floodgates are opened, uh, and that's, that's sort of what happens. I mean, it, so what I think is, and this is kind of the antithesis of your view of this movie as it's encapsulated as one thing, is that I think this is going to come back to haunt uh, Thanos because because of his. <sighs> Because of his understanding of um, the moral decision that he's actually made, not just moral, but but the emotional decision that he's made, you know, to to actually sacrifice the one thing that he loved in order for this thing that he wanted, uh, and how that's going to hurt him in the end. I, I'm just sort of extrapolating for the future. I wonder if we believe his premise that uh, you know that there there are finite unit uh, resources. Because <laughs> this oh, whole right, idea okay. of yeah. hey, the, the movie, <laughs> well, exactly. I think the movie is really wanting us to believe his premise that that the universe is not in a sustainable situation, uh, and that planets like Gamora's home planet 
really there aren't enough resources to sustain that many people. So if half of them die, the other half of them can live in a paradise. I think the movie wants us to take that seriously. Right. And I think that's re- I think that's a super glib. It's like a thought problem. Yeah. Uh, but the movie doesn't make a case for it at all. Because the movie, the movie's always going, look how big the universe is and all these different worlds. It's like, yeah. But I do okay. think it wants us to believe Thanos' right, premise. Right, right, yeah. I was really disappointed in that, actually. That's what my one major disappointment in this because uh, I don't know the comic books, but I've, I've always been secretly um, fascinated by the idea that Thanos has this, this love affair – not love affair, but, but this total crush or – He's he's so in love with the idea of death that he wants to impress yeah. death by creating death. It seems like yeah. such an interesting idea. It's it just but seems they like they don't this, go with it all. Yeah, and and this is it's just totally they, they. I guess they just went and looked at that idea for this movie and they're like, yeah, we can't sell that. Let's just go with. Well, the, what do we get out of well, it as opposed to this? But for me, conceptually, it's it's a fascinating idea, and I wish I wish a movie would have would have gone with that that idea of i want to court death i want to make death fall in love with me there's by your giving death death you know i mean it, it seems like and that's that's how i've heard of thanos talked about that he's so in love with death that he wants to give death death i mean it's just such a weird and interesting idea but i guess it's just too weird Hard to well, it's too weird and, and instead I, th- I think that they're wanting to go with more uh tapping into this idea of sustainability and non-renewable resources yeah, or whatever like as opposed to I, setting up a lady death character <laughs> right exactly yeah i mean it's not rather than being about some uh dysfunctional relationship with uh, some chick that yeah. he likes they're, they're trying to they're, they're creating this this thought exercise about what if there are non-renewable resources uh you know what w- does morality fall on the side of not trading lives should we just be cold and calculating uh if thanos is correct by the way that the universe doesn't have enough resources to sustain all of its people uh and i think that the movie wants us to believe that uh, does it? Or is it nuts? I, do, I don't know. Does it? Like, are we supposed Doctor to? Doctor Strange doesn't agree the, with him. In the same way that, <laughs> well, here's I just well, in the same way Oops. that we are supposed to look at Eric Stevens. Now I've forgotten if that's really his name. It Michael B. Jordan's Killmonger. character. Killmonger. It, it, no, I don't know where you're getting that word, Dingus. It's not a word. Uh, uh, Chris Morrison says to tell you Killmonger. The way we're supposed to look at uh, Michael B. Jordan's dilemma like his agenda his mm. plot his scheme in black panther i think i think we're supposed to look at that and think there's something to that and understand that yes we might have a point but we have to reject that point yeah, i don't mm. know like are they doing something similar with this idea about non-sustainable uh i don't know i mean I, and that's i i kind of agree with you kelly Wand. i don't really know what they're going for i'm a little fascinated by how ambiguous it is it's and because that's why i'm curious to know why you think because because Dingus, I'm pretty sure you're right. Is at some point we're going to discover that no, Thanos was twisted or wrong, or he had the wrong idea. This is the uh, good half. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's lose no. this other half. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but just as a thought process, you know, again, because this is a standalone movie, I love how ambiguous it is. <laughs> but it's I, I also do kind of like Civil War, where you, it doesn't really have any real world. No, no, Civil War clearly. They clearly. I mean, there's clearly a right and wrong in Civil War. Half, right. of the, half of the side in that is just idiots. They don't know how the world works. Right, and the idiot. other half doesn't know what it, what's going on. <laughs> I do love – there was this great moment that happened 
in when they get to Wakanda, uh, where I think it's Shuri says, um, when you were opening it, I thought that that would mean uh, this or or maybe some Starbucks. Um, and it's just so funny to me that Starbucks is going to be closing exactly one month from now for uh, for racial and sensitive insensitivity training. And she was talking about opening a Starbucks in Wakanda. Oops. <laughs> Oops. No, that's topical. I yes. don't think that was on purpose. I think that was on <laughs> All right. Let me complain about a few things and see if you guys can talk me down. Uh, Bad writing. They're, bad writing. There's so much lampshading in this. And it's, you know, the, the idea of lampshading is when you have bad writing and you try to hand wave it away by pretending to be aware of it, by, by calling attention to it. Like, for instance, a common thing you'll do in a sitcom is a character will say something that sounds like a double entendre, and then they'll go, oh, I just realized how that sounds. Like, they announce the joke. And so, so when Robert Downey Jr., says, uh, you know, he's catching up. I forget if it's Peter Parker or whatever. He's catching up. He says, he's from space. He came here to steal a necklace from a wizard. Like, that's dumb, but that's exactly what's happening, and that's that's lampshading. When when uh, Thor and, and Chris Pratt are trading family stories, you know, that's kind of dumb, but that's lampshading the fact that they've both got these crazy, dramatic, overwrought family My mom backstories. was killed by a dark elf. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so that's one of my issues with this movie's writing is it's got just so many different things to throw together and so many different crazy, outrageous things to implement that it's just it, it just can't take them seriously and it has to call attention to how silly they are as a way of getting around how silly they are. I love the wizard line a okay. lot and I think okay. it's, to me, it works because it's like... Yeah, and half the universe is dying because a guy wants a necklace wizard. <laughs> like right. that's that that to me is that sums up the Trump era. Like all this dumb shit's happening because of this dumb thing. Like I it, I found that relatable. That <laughs> okay. <laughs> we live in that stupid universe. Okay, uh what were there other lines like that that you cuz I like well, I thought the wizard was one of the best ones of those. Like I just thought like, I liked it as a line of dialogue. I mean, it's funny, but the thing is it's not Fun. It's it's literally no, what's happening, it, right? It, it's not it's not a. I mean, it's supposed to be a joke, but it's not a joke. Like it's literally. It, it's exactly. It's it's a wizard who came from space who wants a necklace. Like that. That's it. That is it. That is it. If There's, I think it's funny, it's okay. Right, but and nothing is exaggerated there. That's just it's just laying it out. That's how absurd it is. The fact that it is what it is is funny. There's no wasted words, though, Tom. You could have got into yours. You wanted would have wanted a longer, more boring exposition. That's the DC way, man. Marvel doesn't roll like that, yo. Well, well, part that's of it. it is, that's it, bitch. I mean, I think it works when uh, Drax is looking at Thor and saying he looks like a pirate who had a baby with an angel, like because that—that's the tone there in Guardians of the Galaxy. Is they don't take things seriously. Ah. They goof around. Uh, so Drax at times it worked. At times it didn't. Uh, but were the, are those the examples of the bad writing? Because you're making me like the movie more. Kelly Wand, so I have a lot of experience with Earth. <laughs> oh, do you consider failure experience? No, I consider experience oh, experience. 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 Oh, yeah, see? Good good one. <laughs> all right, here's the one that really bugged me. Maybe you guys that can't talk to me off of this. Yes. Uh, all right. Nick Fury does not <laughs> say the word motherfuck that, that's a sam jackson thing why are we ending the movie with a joke about samuel l jackson 
instead of something that Nick Fury would do. Like what? Doesn't he? Was, isn't that his thing now though? Like, doesn't Nick Fury say "motherfucker"? Does he? No. No. That was a completely a reference soldier. to the fact that everybody thought it was funny when Samuel L. Jackson said, get these motherfucking snakes off my motherfucking airplane. I mean, yeah. Th- yeah, Samuel L. Jackson cussing is funny. That's a thing. N- that's not a Nick Fury thing. That dro- that was so stupid. Yeah. I guess-, guess you're right. I don't know. I like the joke again. Nick Z actually wants more lampshading. Well, that's the thing is you you have to go you have to go one way or the other like like Thor Ragnarok yeah. was totally it totally made it work and it did it right. through and through it was very self aware to comedic effect yeah uh, and I don't think this was always it funny it because it was supposed to be but exactly it wished it had been that but plus you yeah. also can't really do that if you're trying to tell this serious story that's like a morality thought experiment uh, and you can't do that as well if you're going to create a plot device that's going to instantly kill half of the people in the universe. Superman's uh, dead? What's brunch? Right, right. <laughs> so so Nick, Nick D is, is saying that he wishes the movie hadn't been so repetitive with its setups. Basically, he's saying, you know, uh, we have four scenes where a character has to choose between giving Thanos what he wants or killing a loved one. Always, and, yeah, it's the same mark saying, every time. Do something no, else, not. guys. No, At not. least lampshade it. I disagree so strongly. So here's what's one of the oh. cool things that I really like that I thought was great writing. Uh, Doctor Strange and Thanos are kind of on this, the same page. Uh, you know, Doctor Strange is like, you know, if it comes to it, I, if it comes to it, I wouldn't sacri- I wouldn't hesitate a moment to sacrifice you or that Spider-Man kid. Right. You know, he is just about the cold, calculating morality of doing whatever it is to, to save half the universe. But he changes his mind. Why? Well, because he hasn't. I mean, th- that's kind of the trick at the end where he says this was this was the only choice. Uh, and that's, I think, setting up what's what's to come. I mean, he's I think he's made the choice that he said he was going to make. Exactly. Um, and, and that, that's, that's the little thing about he. It's the, the the one outcome that he saw out of the fourteen million six hundred and five. Right, uh, right, right. Um. So, but so, but so I, at any rate, I think that that's supposed to be conspicuously like we're supposed to see everybody react a certain way, so yeah. that when Doctor Strange, who has been markedly opposed to what everyone else is saying, when he changes his mind, it stands out. Like that, that I think we're supposed to see, okay, here's what you do in this situation. Oh, okay. Just to remind you, here's what you do in this situation. Real quick, in case you forgot last time, here's what you do in this situation. This other guy who's saying he would never do that, wait a minute, now he's doing it in this situation. What? Like I think I, – I, I agree with Nick D that, that there's some repetition there, but I think it's kind of for a reason to call attention to the fact that Doctor Strange doesn't see it through in a certain way. Yeah. Oh, okay, all right. Did it bother anyone that Mark Ruffalo can't turn into the Hulk because no? I just feel like he's so out of place. No thing. What's going on? Well, I think because Hulk lost the battle and Hulk's scared. That seems so. It's like I mean I don't know if they're doing like a performance anxiety joke, but I I thought the idea was that yeah Hulk is traumatized by not being able to (laughs) by by being beaten down. I guess that's what they're doing. He doesn't say that. I know, and Kelly Wan, it's so funny that whole thing. The secret is, I'm always angry. But like, boy, that's a complete. Yeah. <laughs> they've completely forgotten about that line. They so yeah, that's the perfect character and actor you want to say that. Line. You know what though? I really just it's feel a that Mar- time bomb that Mark Ruffalo. I just I really I feel think he's just bored. I don't know. Well, what were we gonna say? I just, I just think Mark Ruffalo is so out of place in this movie and in Thor Ragnarok. Like, I don't, I don't think he. I mean, I love him as an I actor, like but Ragnarok, you'd like him for that. 
Well, Markinson, you know, I think agrees with you. Chris Markinson, one of our uh, uh, email writers and listeners, dudes, uh, it would have been. He said it would have been greater for Loki to have to have to try to marshal Earth's heroes to fight Thanos. Yeah, we would have gotten a heck true. of a lot more of Tom Hiddleston, which would have been preferable to Mark Ruffalo's and more <laughs> tension. Yeah, I love the Steve Rogers like he. Uh, his phone number just says Steve Rogers, and it's like an anonymous avatar. I already mentioned the office. And a flip phone, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so him. I like that kind of thing. But then the Ms. Marvel emblem is on her thing. I had no idea that's what uh, that's what I had to look up. I was like, what? I didn't know what that. What's that? Yeah, it's so it's the Brie Larson superhero Marvel movie that, uh, that it's Samuel L. Jackson calling Brie Larson. That's what happens. I can't here. wait to find what? out. Yeah. I can't wait to find out why she wasn't called prior to this. Well, you know, isn't isn't Miss Marvel a period piece? Like, isn't that the Is whole it? thing that the Bowden and Fleck are doing, the directors? Oh, Maybe so I'm wrong it's about that. Skull Island universe still. I don't know I'll that it's seventies, but I think so. It's the it's the 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 couple. Actually, I don't know if they're a couple. Uh, Anna Bowden, Ryan Fleck. They did Half Nelson. That was their first movie, and then after that, they did a movie called Sugar. They did. Uh, this horrible movie called Mississippi Grind. There's some other thing they did that's not horrible. Uh, but at any rate, they're doing the Miss Marvel movie with Brie Larson. Uh, and I think it's supposed to be like something set in the 90s. Uh, so, yeah, we don't know why she hasn't been around. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I could be wrong about that. But I, I, that's what I think nerds are supposed to realize when you see that little symbol on the pager. Oh. Uh, oh, okay, so we have a couple people who want to know how we feel about the jokes and the wisecracking. You know, TT or TJ, I'm not sure which it is. And Nick, the uh, TJ says he really needed the jokes because it was so dark and he really liked them. That's and a good Nick, point. The, yeah. Nick, yeah. D just wants to know what we thought about the wisecracking in this. Case so, by case. Yeah, you know what, Kelly? One, yeah, because because Spider-Man, I think, is is historically been, you know, from all the Spider-Man comics I've read, he's like a super wisecracker, right? Yeah. But what is. I like what, with, about what Tom Holland is doing, it's not so much that he's a wisecracker or a he's wise a ass. Well, he's he's just earnest and enthusiastic, and it's not that he's making jokes. It's just that he really is like enthusiastic about stuff, and he really wants to help out. Uh, it's not that he's like sardonic or making jokes uh it's just, it's no so he I, is really earnest that's a really good way to put it yeah and uh, so tom holland too is at that really awkward age where he's not, like tom holland is starting to look like a man instead of a boy he really is so, it, they're, it they're, really is it's you know, my kid is almost as tall as i am he's going to be taller than i am i think uh, within the next two months um and it, and when i was watching tom holland in a couple of those scenes i'm like you're not a boy anymore kid He's at that weird Daniel Radcliffe age, too, where it's like, uh, okay, we're having Spider-Man really be a man now. Okay, yep, that's happening. I guess it kind of helps that the movies are kind of going in – are they going in real time? Like, is Avengers really as old as it is, or are they compressing time? I forget. uh, He's Hulk's – they tell Ruffalo, yeah, you've been out of it for three years. Does that line up? I don't. I don't know. know the I have no idea. I don't. Okay. I have no idea what the actual. Uh, I think it's real yeah. time. And the fight at the end of the Loki Thor spaceship fight was at the end of Ragnarok in November. So they sat on the ship for three months. So they're not going to have to pretend that Tom uh, Holland is in high school any longer. I guess. Right. That's too. Well, his fans spent eighteen years do- doing this. 
And then something's like, okay, I need the other five stones today. <laughs> well, Tom Holland's on a school bus. and <laughs> So, yeah, hopefully I, we'll get past that. You'll get yeah, to the college soon. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, no poor man. Once again, I just want to give a quick shout out to Battle of Five Armies. If you liked that Wakanda <laughs> battle, yeah. the Hobbit, the Battle of Five Armies is... You know, it's a dragon trashes a village for about a half hour, and then it's two hours of that awesome, crazy Wakanda battle CG crazy stuff. You know, I'm a big fan of that Hobbit, that last Hobbit movie. But better characters. That's the thing with suck. That's why, because you told me this, and I, I went into Five Armies excitedly. Yeah, then- look, it rides a, he's a dwarf, and he's riding a pig. Yeah. Right? How cool is that? Nah, it's, who is he? Giant what? worms come out of the ground. Giant- I like that. I did like that. There's a, they fight on ice. Nobody dies. It's yeah, they do. Oh my god. Uh, no, uh, no, that's the thing. That's, that's the, the when you little were dwarf. The little dwarf that was Angeline, uh, Evangeline Lilly's boyfriend died. Come on, how sad was that? That's harsh. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's why. That's why Infinity War is good. Is it's people we really give a shit about, like wall to wall, and they fight a lot in the like. It's really good value as a comic book movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love the fact that it's the second, that's the second time in probably as many months that that one patch of Wakanda has just had a crazy batshit insane <laughs> yeah. nutso battle. <laughs> and they don't talk. They just, it's like you have to you have to know what their powers are. If this was your first Marvel movie, you'd be going, what the fuck? Who does what? How, cheese cream? Why? Like, we're so used to these characters that I think even Tom, like – knows when doc like what dr strange can do and can't do i know i knew enough to first of all be super disappointed in captain america's wakanda shields like, yeah what? those are those are those are like weird pointed bucklers whatever Wait, Tony start for that and also i still don't get what the deal is with bucky the guy just stands around and shoots a gun they give him a fake arm I, he's well, gone I, now i don't understand what his deal i'm gonna get that arm it would have been funny if he. <laughs> okay, for that reason alone, Dingus, I approve of Bucky's presence. Yeah, Bucky Barnes. <laughs> yeah, we loved that. We loved that moment. Um... Bastard stands a uh, Batman versus Superman apologist. By the way, he said it was fine. So uh, uh, let's talk. Okay, so uh, Arthur John Jelly was uh, another of our email writers in, and he he said he's grown. Tire. He's grown fatigued of the MCU, but this totally recharged his batteries. He loved this thing. Did Arthur um, not see Thor or Spider-Man: Homecoming? Arthur, I don't, I don't know, but right. he uh, he he says a couple of things that are really cool. He says for him, there's always something at stake, and he thought Josh Brolin was fantastic, and he yeah. reminded him, um, even though he's only doing the voice, uh, it was reminiscent of him as. Of Billy Crudup in Watchmen, which I thought was a really cool. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. nice Arthur yeah. character. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was a really cool thing to say. That was the best part of Watchmen. Was that? And he was sad, he was sad at all the characters that were lost. So I think he's he's in Tom's um, mind um, mind dome of I'm just viewing this as what it is, and I'm not going to think about whether or not they're going to bring. I wish I was. I wish I could stay in Tom's zone, and even while it was happening, I'm all. Well, here's the thing. Oh my god! Yeah, until another movie comes out and contradicts what happened here, this is it. That's what happened. Yeah, Yeah, you guys have at least a year or so to enjoy it the way that I did. Nobody's going to contradict you and say, "Yep, you're rewinding time." 
but it, you're it's just, over. They're uh, dead. Just, it, you can turn off parts of your brain. At well, will. There, there's another movie that we've I don't know we we talked about a long time ago. I think where I was just like, yeah, I just refused the line on that sequel. I'm, I'm not even going to let it penetrate the universe of the pre- previous movie that I love so much. And I can't remember what it is, but it's totally every movie. It Dingus. Yeah, you yeah. should never let a, a sequel have any effect whatsoever on an original movie. Yeah. Dark Knight Rises. Mm, hey, you, exactly, Kelly Wand. Yeah. Uh, there can was I, one recently Tom said that, though, where he's like, I don't care what yeah. <laughs> I like this. 90 minutes. Perfectly. All right, here's something that I'm sick of. Stop already with the CG helmets with the faces that, that fold back, like like Peter Quill's hat and Iron Man and Spider. Now Spider Man's isn't even a club. Like everybody yeah. now has the CG hat that folds back off of your face in CG like slats. That's well, with that. It's like Stark made Spider Man, so they kind of justify it a little. Yeah, but, but no, like, Peter Quill has that as well. I know, I know. Star-Lord Stark didn't make that. Right. You know who else has that? Matt LeBlanc in Lost in Space. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how dumb it is. I remember rough. that thing. I remember when he did it too. And you, it's like the whole scene stops. So you can watch it, like check yeah. out. Back when you can, if you watch older CG movies, they really just like go stand back. <laughs> You're gonna love spin, this. Do some bullet time. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on to your dicks. Get ready for uh, some slow mo helicopters blowing. <laughs> speaking of CG, why couldn't we just have? Josh Brolin looking like Josh Brolin. No, it's Thanos. Really? The comics. Tom, it's from the 90s. Hello. Well, yes, that's something but... that, that Ben Halliburton brings up as well. He's, he's, he's really frustrated. Even though he's thrilled by this movie, he's really frustrated by, I think, the, the goofy makeup and CG. Oh, really I like good. it because it makes you – you get used to it, and it also – like it's good misdirection because you go, oh, look, the stupid purple CG fuck stick. Oh my God, he's good. <laughs> what, which, which which superhero had that, Kelly Wand? Thanos, <laughs> my favorite superhero. But the thing, I mean, to their credit, they at least you could see some of Josh Brolin's expressiveness. But I, I didn't. That's just how he looks too. He's that's part of his acting. Like he has to get through that CG to impress you, and he does it. But you're welcome. Well, that, to that, they, he does it, Kelly Wand, because they let most of his face be there. So all that silly mm. stuff about his big head and whatever that beard thing was supposed to be that. He looks just, like Josh Brolin. That's the beauty of it. Well, in his face, right? But Josh Brolin doesn't. That, just okay. Then let us just He's not see purple. Josh. I don't is that know. Your problem? What you? What are you saying? Come on. I. You know what? I just. I just, just let let the actor. Don't put the actors behind stuff that looks stupid. Go back and look at. Go online and look up what Galactus looks like in the comics. He's a cloud, go, right? <laughs> Isn't he just a cloud of? of he's a nebula. He's a giant purple dipshit with a gigantic hat on that looks like. <laughs> oh, oh, right, right, right. He's a cloud in one of the movies, right? Yeah, he's a cloud in one of the movies. Right. Okay. We can't have this giant purple buffoon whirling around. <laughs> Raku. Yeah. Right? Very good, Diggis. I'm, I'm still confused by those zombie eyes. Like that, Spider-Man has white zombie eyes. I don't understand. And then Deadpool's going to do that. I, I don't get that. I don't. Comic white, books, man. White. Yeah, like when and they do that with Wolverine in comic books, and yeah. so Deadpool has those white zombie eyes, and Spider-Man's suits. I, mm. I just, what, what could? Let it's us the see the actor's It's the thing that reminds you you're watching something based on some cheap color. Like the reason they look like that is because it looked cool in for six year olds drawn. 
in the, in the 70s. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And now these these grown men actors have to fucking do mocap and wear these <laughs> – and, and that's why they hate doing the movies. That's why they all look so depressed is they have to wear all these all this makeup. Like that's why uh, Alan Cummings stopped doing right. Nightcrawler after X-Men 2. like, fuck that shit. Right. And Jennifer oh, Lawrence wow. is fuck this shit. Get this blue shit off of me. Jesus. Well, the thing and is Jessica too, like – it, it like actors sitting in practical makeup like that's just, there's a guy named Doug Jones who's super thin who's uh, well yeah. known for doing Guillermo del Toro movies. Uh, it it takes a certain they skill and it. patience and talent. Yeah. Like like Doug talent. Jones is for all intents and purposes the same as a stuntman in that he's putting himself through physical uncomfortable mm-hmm. discomfort uh, for the sake of the movie. And, and then they can move really fast. Right too. and and yeah so so making actors who. You know, you you woo these celebrities right. with lots of money, and then making them super comfortable, making things super easy for them, making them feel very welcome and very adored and revered, and forcing them to sit in a makeup chair for four Forever. hours. Yeah. It's literally yeah. the opposite of VO work. Like actors love VO because yeah, they don't yeah. do makeup; they just show up and say the lines and get right. a huge check. And this is like the exact opposite. They have to show up for months and decades of their lives and where they. Well, Nightmare. I will say, Kelly Wand, I kind of doubt there is much of that in this movie. Like, I uh, doubt there's much practical fun. makeup here. That's true, because it's all CG. Oh, really? Oh, really? I don't think. I mean, I didn't. I I can't imagine there's any reason to force Josh Brolin to sit in a makeup chair for five hours when you've already got so many studios working on yeah. CG effects. Yeah, just have have somebody draw over his face. I'm guessing. What about Drax? Like, Oh, well, see, that's another thing. It's just, uh, I mean, I guess it's a comic movie. Like, Zoe Saldana is so beautiful. Like, her, right. she's, a, she's a, an amazingly beautiful black woman, and just coloring her green is ridiculous. Dave Bautista, that guy's just got an amazing body, and they're sticking weird red texture all over him. <laughs> I got to admit, I like her green. I think Well, she's, yeah, and that uh, might, I don't know if that's practical or not. Uh, you know, but she's in the Avatar movie. Like, dude, she's she, not even ripe yet. <laughs> Oh. What? <laughs> what do we think? Who plays um, Mantis? Do you remember Palm? Uh, uh, Palm Kerchief. No, she Palm, Palm Clementif. Palm yeah. Clementif, right? Palm Clementif. Very good, Tom. Yeah. Um, do we think that's real? or is oh, that Definitely CG because of the way those, those antennas move around. Yeah, yeah, definitely CG. I sense Tom is right. <laughs> 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 she has the same power as Forrest Whitaker in Species, where he comes into a train that's got blood all over it. He's all, I said something terrible happened here. <laughs> Thanks for being on the team, bro. Really, really helpful. I also, a lot of, you know, Drax being invisible. That's just a great moment. Ah, uh, so good. Hilarious. Yeah. Did you guys catch a really it's a movie yeah yeah definitely yeah did you catch a really weird moment where um it's chris pratt saying something to robert downey jr that obviously iron man thinks is dumb and there's just a pause where i think iron man is just supposed to be just super dismissive of him and exasperated there's just this weird yeah, pause. I remember it. yeah it's like yeah. A, it's, it's like showing contempt and it was just a really weird ineffective comedic moment did oh, you guys they're, catch that they're, they're on I, titan they're on Titan, and it's Chris Pratt doing, you know, the, the Peter Quill stuff where he's insecure, and and Iron Man has just had enough of it, and he just contempt, just just lets the moment just sit there quietly and ignore. No, I love that, Tom. Oh, you did like that? Oh, yeah, I just felt it felt awkward to me. Like, oh, these guys really don't like each other. It, it was almost like uh, like Doctor Strange, 
uh, calling Iron Man a douchebag. I'm like, that's yeah. a little on the nose. You're smarter than that. You could have thought of something more clever than douchebag. Mm. Nah. Really? He's okay. not, well, he's not as witty as Iron Man. So Doctor Strange is not witty. Seriously, Kelly Wong. He's not, not, I'm not against Stark. <laughs> okay, fair enough. This person's more powerful than that. This person's this super This person's wittier. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Iron Man's a level 40 wit, and Doctor <laughs> Strange is a level... 80 wizard and 18 wit. What level uh, magic does Lord. Iron Man have? Well, nothing. That's what it is. I think there's a. I think there's a comic where he goes back to medieval times, and so he has armor. So he's like a knight to them. Oh my god! Cool. Of course there is Kelly Wand. Oh. Marvel universe bitches. That's the thing. <laughs> like I'm kind of like Kiernan, and that's why I'm. I'm very. I'm really annoyed with Kiernan for ruining Iron Man three for me, and I'm always like, <laughs> hope he can do it. Again. Because he knows, but Kiernan's open to like Kiernan's red stuff. I haven't read. Like I didn't know the Infinity War stuff. It came at, it came in the '90s after I sort of stopped reading comics for a while. One of the things I wonder is because this isn't a Thanos pining for Lady Death and wanting to impress her. Uh, if you were to go through, if you were to go back to the Infinity War comics and read what happens, can you necess- can you infer from that that that's what's going to happen here, or is is Marvel ditching that storyline? In, in other ways as well. I'm like, told like, it's, it's going to be it's going to have to be different because there's entire groups of characters so far that ah. are not in it that they just redid and used the, these Marvel characters. Okay, good, good, all right. But there is a Nebula uh, subplot. I, yeah, okay, I was going to say don't spoil it, but it's the comics, so what do I care? Yeah, right. But she she gets the glove because she's mad at Thanos, and she's like, I'm going to undo all his shit because he's fucking he sucks. But it, I just can't see that happening in this. That would seem like a huge. Re- There's no way. I mean, they're setting up for Brie Larson, aren't they? It's not going to be Nebula. I wonder if they're waiting too to see how a Miss Marvel or Captain Marvel movie does. Gee, I wonder how it's going to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, Kelly Wan, she's not famous enough to to carry a box office. Look at her hair. Seventies Brie Larson again yeah, for a third yeah. time in a year. Yeah. Oh, how much money did? How much money did Free Fire make, Kelly Wan? Who gives a shit? It made money in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> wow. How did Skull well, Island do, speaking of my pants? It did not do well enough. Yeah. Really? But I, I think, well, it I hasn't, didn't like it. That whole yeah. Dark Universe nonsense got pretty much put to bed by uh, the Mummy movie. And I know that. Um, Wait, pardon? Kong and Kong and Mummy? Are no, 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 no. I'm just saying it as a parallel. Uh, I, I know that the. Uh, the Dark Universe thing died because of, of the mummy collapsing. What was the other Dark Universe thing? Everyone wants to be Marvel, and no one can do it. Except stupid Disney, unfortunately. Well, no, no, what I'm saying is that I, I, Disney's the beneficiary of the Marvel way. What? But I think they are going ahead with uh, the, um, the, the, mon- the giant monsters universe. What do they call that? Kaiju? No, there's a word for it. I don't know. At any rate, isn't there, isn't there an Adam Wingard Godzilla on the way? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm looking so, forward, and I like Godzilla, and I like. I think that that makes sense as a franchise. I didn't get the Mummy, Russell Crowe as Doctor Hyde. What? Oh, and Angelina Jolie as Bright Frankenstein that they canceled, right? Oh, they did. Well, not I that they, they canceled. Did. I don't think that was ever. That was just something that was in talks, and because oh. uh, Mummy didn't oh, do okay. well. Why would I mean, we want to see these monsters? For all intents and purposes, it's canceled because they stopped talking about it. But uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But anyway, my point, Kelly Wan, is the Kong movie did well enough that. It didn't kill whatever that shared universe thing was that they were doing, whereas Mummy did kill the Universal's Dark Universe thing. Brie Larson – I mean Wonder Woman. and uh, the People want female superheroes. 
badly. They really want them. I want them. They, they should, Larson, and I'm looking forward yeah. to it, but I just don't think Brie Larson is, sells box office like Scarlett Johansson, for instance. Uh, she's about to. Just I hope so, it. Kelly Wand. I hope you're right, and I hope that the Marvel movie uh, – uh, Ryan Look Fleck – yeah. the, the people directing uh, the Marvel uh, – Captain Marvel movie, I'm not super confident. But you know what? It doesn't matter who directs it, does it? Boy, I don't even know what you guys are talking about with Captain Marvel movies. I, I, you, you keep saying that, and you know more about this than I do. Jeez. I think it does matter. But I'm a Russo Brothers apologist, and Tom hates the Russo Brothers. I hate them. Yeah, that's so weird. You think they're overrated. Oh, uh, I think they're good at stuff you think they suck at. So, so in, the, in the end credits before the button, there was something that said um, – uh, arrested development character, thanks to whatever in the in the like, we're giving thanks to right, being right. able to use these things. Where was an arrested development character? Uh, the collector's room. It was a uh, Tobias. Oh. Okay, it was yeah. uh, uh, David Cross's character, I think. Yeah, another blue one. And sorry, yeah. it was either a Doctor Manhattan reference or an arrested development reference. We can't be sure. The Red Skull, a different colored character, was also in this. Or something. <laughs> yeah. A lot, a lot of talk about it online. Was, oh, I think Chris, Chris Markson was really surprised that he showed up. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I will say this, though. His skull is red, Tom. I still couldn't care less about any Ant Man movie. I know, especially now. And he wasn't even in the fight, so fuck him. He seems like a douchebag <laughs> now. Like, he'd show up for that. And he can turn giant. He could have kicked Thanos in the nuts. It's even Obviously. worse than a slacker. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, Paul Rudd. Nice move. They can really do a good job of, of explaining why they weren't there. If they're going to be there later instead of just, yeah, Portman doesn't care anymore. Bye. Right. right. Like, wow, that used to be my objection. Now you're making it. I love this. Well, they bring it up. It's If they ignored it. it. Yeah, if they'd ignored it, who cares? <laughs> well, remember they brought up in the in Age of Ultron, they're like, do you even know where Thor and Banner are? And so later you go, oh, look, they are together <laughs> somewhere else. But in this, doesn't Scarlett Johansson, who somehow knows where they are, go, yeah, families. Doesn't she say something about families? Yeah. They, they they've, they've opted out, basically. Well, no, who, who played uh, Jeremy Renner's wife? Wasn't it someone famous in Age of Ultron? Who's he married yeah, to? I, I don't remember her. I really well, no, they go they go and they stay at his house. Hard to if I remember. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and she like fixes him pie or whatever. Oh god. Yeah, but she's so, like an eighties sitcom star. I don't remember who it was. Lori Lachlan. Someone like that, or Heather Locklear. Anyway, he's married, he's settled down, he can't be saving the universe. Yeah. Even if it's gonna be in the death of his wife, I can't be bothered. And besides, Same he's just got a bow. Star. What is he gonna do? That's the challenge, isn't it? <laughs> Clinch up Legolas. Yeah. There was an SNL skip. He's out of arrows, like he even knows it. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot about that, Kelly Wand. Right, right. But Ant Man's critical, and Ant Man's recent. Well, I'm sure they'll explain it. Uh, he's probably. They, Marvel decent. says they because they they were obviously asked about this, and Marvel said, "Oh, we have a long game plan for Hawkeye." <laughs> what do you think of that, Tom? So yes, <laughs> oh, you know what I think of that, Kelly Wand. I think that means they're recasting the part with someone younger, and Jeremy Matt Renner's Damon. out. <laughs> Matt Damon would be an ironic choice. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if actors like Matt Damon are sitting off sulking because everyone else is in a Marvel movie and no, they're not. No, because they're looking at Affleck and going, look what could happen. <laughs> <laughs> there, but for the grace of God. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'll be doing porn over here. <clears throat> oh, look. My All right. <sighs> yeah, MacGyver thing. Dingus, did we miss anything? Did anyone else write in that uh, was anything that we should uh, bring up? Was Stone done turned? 
Uh, all right. So um, let me just check real quick. Uh, Michael Strait loved that it was crammed with all of these characters. Yep. Which was something that I was nervous about. You know, it was what we were nervous about the very first time Avengers came out. He loved that it was crammed with all of them. I love hate it. What? <laughs> well, because I get engaged. I go, oh, this guy. I love this character. Oh, he's gone. Like, that's what I was thinking for most of the movie. And Captain America is awesome. And Captain America's speeches are an important part of the Avengers for me. <laughs> he's not in the movie at all, really. And Black Widow? Jesus Christ. It's a Guardians movie. Just call it Guardians 3. Stop fucking with me. <laughs> Just use whatever music you want. TTTJ says that Tom Holland was just awesome. He said, I never thought we would get a real Spider-Man, but he is perfect. Jocelyn Donahue of Spider-Man. Right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nick D thinks it's a, a middle tier uh, Marvel movie. Is how no, Nick no, what's 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 he putting above it besides I, Ragnarok? What's better than this? Spider-Man: that? Homecoming, The Avengers, Captain America One. I don't like Avengers. Uh, I think that um, he's just. Ba- I think he's just seen. Black Panther and it's so much. Oh yeah, better Black Panther. Death. I don't yeah. even think of Black Black Panther as a yeah. There's like a it guest feels like a, from Black Panther. Yeah. It feels like a, a wholly different genre, doesn't it? Almost. Yeah. Uh, Black Panther doesn't feel like it, it belongs here. Um, but for Nick D, this is a middle tier. But uh, but he still liked a lot of things about it. He likes that it's uh, just about. It's not just about. Um, it's just about superhero. Let me see what he actually writes. I'm sorry. Um, uh oh! The, I already said this. That he appreciates a movie when a movie introduces a villain who's too powerful for the heroes just to beat by punching him, uh, which is uh, often a, a complaint that we have. That or shooting whoever, CG. Like, suddenly somebody can punch harder just because they can punch harder. Right. Um, I don't know. The end of Wonder Woman was pretty seminal. <laughs> seminal vesicle. It, it was in seminal. <laughs> Um, so anyway, yeah, that's, that's basically straight, everybody. Uh, and Arthur was recharged by it. I said that, but so yeah, we, we got everybody. We right. had a bunch of writing. A lot of people wrote in, and they were really excited about this. Kelly, one. What if people wanted to write in with other things? What should they write in with for next week? Uh, if you are interested in writing <laughs> in for my three by three topic. <laughs> Uh, Kelly, quit, quit lampshading. Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm just trying to go with what the three people, living or dead, you'd most want to watch a movie with, and which movie, and why. With the why being optional, but you have to actually name the movie and the people. And where would they submit such a three by three, Kelly Wong? If they were foolhardy enough to do such a thing, and they haven't been turned to dust uh, this weekend, and they're in that lucky fifty percent bracket. <laughs> they should send their choices to, and those event those dead Avengers can be used as people you can see the movie, <laughs> unless they're not people like raccoons. Come on, uh, then you'd write that to three x three at quarter to three, spelled out as one word. Dot com. <laughs> 
So join us for that three by three next week. Yeah. Uh, it will be something else. And real quick, Kelly, on before we go, what's the name of that Elizabeth Olsen movie where she's a, a recovering cult member? What was that called again? Wanda Scarlet Witch, Magdalene, Brie, Marvel, Guardians, Nebula, Jumanji, two. <laughs> Close enough. Well done. Lost in the Jungle Kingdom. Join us next week for movies that we'd want to watch with someone. Whatever that would be. You know what? Not what I said, what Kelly Wan said. Join us for that next week. You're I'm, welcome. I'm Tom Chick. I have been here with uh, Christian Moronsky. It's Christian Moronsky. And we also had Kelly Wand. Hey, I thought of a cool name for the Star Wars Cantina Space Bar. Blade Runner 2049 was a cliffhanger too, you idiots. My horse comes back. I prefer that we be more capable and prepared than lucky. Observation, reflection, faith, and determination. In this way, we may navigate the path as it unfolds before us. All right, and we have, what, eight more recharge cycles to go before we get to Aurigai 6? Is that a question, Yes, sir? Walter, that's a question. That is correct. Uh, Chris Pratt here. Uh, carpet matches the drapes, by the way. Uh, kick names take ass oh yeah that spider-man was hilarious